No, you know what it is? It's not the NWO. It's the BBWA. They're trying to put a stop to us. BBWA? Yeah, the baseball writers, you know? They don't like us gathering and talking about this. Bunch of conspiracy buffs discussing baseball. Ladies and gentlemen, A man leaves home, he turns left three times, he returns home, he finds two men wearing masks. Who are they? I think that there'll be a lot of pressure on the new commissioner to do things like shorten the game and uh, do more uh, instant replay. In other words, stuff that the old commissioner didn't really want to deal with too deeply. Yeah. So I think that... We may have a commissioner that's in there for two years. It may be a, a short poke. And you go to a game, and what you're doing is basically watching a story that you don't know the ending to. And to me, I like that. That's exciting and interesting. What is the final score of the All-Star Game? What? I knew, I knew you'd hate this one. I knew you'd hate it. Oh, my God. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Banal of America Audio with your host, Tim Banal. Ladies and gentlemen, there is uh, still about a foot and a half to two feet of snow outside my door. But in about ten or so days from now, the 2015 baseball season will kick off. And as such, it is time once again for now the seventh annual BOA Audio Baseball Special featuring, of course, a cavalcade of stars. This year it's like muscle memory. I just kind of woke up one morning and was like, all right, got to get everybody together again. It's time. It's time to talk baseball. It's time to make predictions. It's time to uh, get together in our weird <laughs> paranormal fantasy baseball league of sorts and uh, celebrate baseball once again. And so this year, leading off the program, I think for the first time ever, and uh, I actually have some, some reservations about this because I always consider him kind of like one of the big draws of the baseball special. So I always kind of like to tuck him in in the third or fourth spot. This is true, Adam. So... I'm, I'm, I'm all, yeah, I know. So, <laughs> you're, you're full of crap. No, this is absolutely true. This is absolutely, I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like Bobby Valentine, you know, I'm putting together the perfect lineup here. So, I, I had to, uh, I'm shuffling it up this year and, uh, Adam is okay. the leadoff man. So, <laughs> he is, of course, let me go through all the, uh, the nicknames here. He is, of course, El Gogo. He is the OGAG. He's the wrong Reverend Houdini Kundalini of the Church of Unwavering Indifference. My apologies there. The wrong Reverend Houdini Kundalini of the Church of Unwavering Indifference. You can't, you can't get that wrong. I mean, you are, you're the wrong Reverend. He is also a high priest of the uh, Bavarian Illuminati, and as we found out on the last edition of the program, he was not the driver of the double dutch bus. I don't know if you ever <laughs> saw that or not. Yes, yeah, finally, finally. Now he knows what I'm talking about. He's, of course, Adam Go Rightly. Uh, the book we had him on to talk about last year. Let's plug it because he's doing us a big favor by coming back for the baseball special. The book is Historia Discordia, The Origins of the Discordian Society. And as you may recall, last time he was on, 
he was really sort of, this was like the launch of this big, uh, Historia Discordia thing that he's working on here. So I'm sure a lot has happened since the last time we talked to him. So, uh, lots to talk about. Welcome back to the show, Adam, and, uh, here's to another great baseball season. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. Good to talk to you. I didn't even mention when I started, I can't believe I just rambled all that time and I did not even, I did not even mention in the six years, uh, we've been doing this, dude, you are the most luckiest and unluckiest person on, on the show. <laughs> it's just completely bizarre. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it you, is, yeah. You must be, you must be, uh, you must be thrilled because, as I said, we've been doing this six years and over the course of the last six years, the San Francisco Giants, your team, have won the World Series now three times. So they just won it uh, yeah. this year. It must be amazing. It's unbelievable. I, mean, <laughs> you know, I, was, I was surprised they won one. I'm not even sure. <laughs> Maybe this is the Twilight Zone or something. How could this happen? Yeah. But it did. It's cool. It was pretty amazing. I had a I had a good feeling about them last year, I remember. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, well, I had a good feeling once they made it there, you know. To the World Series? Well, once they made it in the postseason. Yeah. It was kind of a struggle getting in, you know. They just barely made it in, limped in, and uh, once they got there, it was like, yeah, these dudes have been there before, man. Don't <laughs> Nobody ought to count them out. And uh, watching it going through the different uh, series they played in, you know, they were the underdogs, at least, you know, to the talking heads. And every series they were in, I go, how, do you, how can these guys... <laughs> By now, you know, yeah. write them off, and all the way to the World Series, uh, whatever, who ESPN or whoever was Fox covering the game, you know, all the uh, talking heads, whoever they were, were saying, well, even up, even to the seventh game, yeah, we're going to take, we take Kansas City. Uh, I think their talent will prevail over the Giants. Really, I thought I got the impression that the Giants were the favorites in the World Series, but. Uh... I don't know. What's that? What's that? I got the impression they were the favorites in the World Series, but uh, well, I, I don't recall. I, I kind of feel like they were, although everyone was pulling. They were the favorites, but everyone was pulling for the Giants. I mean, for the uh, for the for the Royals. You probably got that impression because every I was certainly yeah, well, was. Well, I don't know what the odds makers, you know, like in Vegas or whatever. But I remember watching the Fox broadcast and all those dudes. You know, they had the whoever they were. I can't. Uh, Remember all of them now, but there was like four of them, and they all <laughs> picking the uh, Royals. Do you feel bad that you crushed their dream of uh, of, of that oh, I, that magical run? That was pretty awesome, and then you know it was like, no, nah, sorry, not happening. <laughs> What's that? No, I don't understand the question. <laughs> no, you do, said crush the. Do you feel bad for crushing the dreams of the San Francisco? I mean, the uh, the Kansas City fans. It was such a great story, you know. I was cheering. Oh for the... fuck no! Why, why do I <laughs> care about them? <laughs> All right, fair enough. Hell no! All right, that's why I was laughing the first time. I, mean, I thought they're, you. They're, they're, yeah, they're you know I don't have anything against them, but you gotta win. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Exactly. <laughs> Let me see here. Yeah, so the Giants, unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Now, tell me about this. I wanted to talk to you during the playoffs, so it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of moot now. But tell me, this Bumgarner guy, he was yeah. like a phenom in the World Series. Um, but I had never even heard of him, like, leading into this. And it happens a lot, actually. Oh, man. But was he really – where was he in the in the pecking order of the – was he really, like, the ace of the Giants all season, or was this kind of some guy who emerged? No, no, he was the ace. He's been emerging for a long time, you know. Yeah. 
2010, their first uh, championship, he was, everybody was blown away by him because he was like, uh, 18 or 19 years old and he, uh, pitched good in the postseason was one of the key reasons, you know, they won that year. And so he's been emerging. You had Lincecum and Kane, you know, at one time or another, those two guys were the aces. But yeah. Bum, Bumgarner, grew into that role, you know, as those guys got older and weren't as good. And so, I mean, and, uh, you know, during the season, it was kind of acknowledged by a lot of people who followed the different pitchers that yeah. uh, Kershaw was like, yeah, well, maybe Kershaw's the best in the game, but uh, Bumgarner is, you know, just a step down. Bumgarner and a few, whoever the other pitchers yeah. are like, uh all that dude from the uh, Tigers that went to the Nationals. I forget people's names. But. Yeah, Scherzer, so, yeah, Scherzer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, people like that. And so, and Bumgardner had, uh, he's had a, you know, a great postseason record, you know, throughout his career. And uh, he's always been one of those dudes that was like, uh, always seemed, even for his age, was really cool under pressure, you know. So. Yeah. Going in, going to, into the postseason, but you know, if you would ask me, who do you want, uh, Kershaw or uh, Bumgarner? I'd say, well, Kershaw, man, it's obviously he's the best in the game. But now after the World Series, if I had to, uh, if you were going to give me a pitcher, I had to pick. I'd, I'd go with uh, Bumgarner. He really showed what he's made of in that. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because Kershaw was terrible. <laughs> Kershaw was like awful in October. It's that's just like he's like. Well, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't terrible. But I think no, he. I thought he was pretty thing. bad. I could have sworn he. He has sort of a second year in a row where he didn't do too well. So I don't know. You're being well, too kind. Been, You're being too kind. Might have been. Might have been how he was used. You know, and that comes goes into it too because I think. I, I think they played. Um, they they played the Nationals, is that right, or they played the Cardinals in the uh, I think uh, they playoffs. They played the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals. Yeah, I think it was the Cardinals and what uh, what's his name, Donnie Baseball, <laughs> manager of the Dodgers. I forget the uh, Don, Don Mattingly. Uh, he, yeah, Mattingly. They uh, pitched Kershaw. You know, uh, like. He brought him back in a crucial game on like short short rest, mm-hmm. and so that you know that might have uh, been one of the reasons why he just uh, rode him too hard, and they've ended up losing that series. Right. And so that, all that all that goes into you know how the uh, managers uh, handle these guys, and I think Posey's a big part of it too, how he uh, manages the pitching staff on the. Uh, Oh, that's Giants, true. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those yeah. things you can't measure. But you know, some guys are really good at it, and some are like terrible. I think it's overlooked. You know, yeah, most people wouldn't notice that. But they asked uh, recently. There was an interview with Bochy, and he was. They were talking. Somebody was asking about Posey, and he said, "Well, the most valuable thing with him is, yeah, how he manages the pitching staff." Beyond, you know, what his uh, offensive statistics are, any of that. Yeah. Now, you guys had a big departure this year, and, uh, of course, the Red Sox had a big addition, and I'm talking about Kung Fu Panda. 
He's all ours now. <laughs> yeah. What's going on yeah. here? I, yeah, I don't know if I... We're stuck with him now. I don't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like him, I'm gonna hate him, I'm gonna go through all the emotions, I'm sure, over the next many years. But, uh, what happened now? We got him, and now I heard recently he's like bad-mouthing you guys, and then he got into a fight with, uh, the Giants, like, uh, one of the, no, not an actual fight, but yeah. Tell me the story. You want, you want, you want the inside, uh, scoop from my, uh, sources? That's why you're on leadoff tonight, absolutely, (laughs) I want the inside scoop. What's, what's the story here? Well, I think the deal is, so, last year he was in his, uh, that was his last year, and he's going into his contract year. Right. And so early mid-season, whenever they uh, the GM Sabian approached uh, the Panda mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, uh, we'd like to extend you or do a new contract," and I think uh, I wouldn't call it low-balling, but uh, they put a figure out there: three years, like forty-five million, as a starting point. To you know, initiate discussions. Yeah, he was offended. He, yeah, he got his feelings hurt, and I think they they were also being a stickler from I listen to Giants radio all the time that uh, they got burnt by him before about conditioning. So there was going to be some stuff in the contract about weight management, conditioning. No oh boy. And he took that as a slight. Too, so he got his uh, feelings hurt, and hey, I, you know, I love uh, love Sandoval, one of my favorite players. But uh, there it is. Maybe it'll work out uh, for the best for the Giants, or vice versa. Or I, you know, hope he does well there. But yeah, the weight has been an issue from the uh, get go, and so he wanted. I, you know, the uh, contract he signed with the. Uh, Red Sox? No, how many years that was? Uh, I want to say like five years, but that's a complete guess. This, this is a, in keeping with the baseball special. You're not going to get hard facts, folks. So <laughs> I, think, I think it was it's I, just hazy memories mostly, but I think it was like five years or something. I don't know. I could look it up while we're on the phone, but go on. Yeah, it might be even be more than five, so that was kind of a deal there. I think it's I may be hoping it's five, and it's probably seven, but yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the thing, you know. It's like uh, they're concerned. And the way he plays the game, too, with his weight that he's going to break down. Of course, oh, being in the Amer- American League's a little better. They could move him to a uh, designated uh, hitter. I mean, he's you know he saw the World Series. <laughs> Some of the plays that guy makes defensively, and you know, his hitting was just uh, he was great in that series. So well, time will tell. But so yeah, he's. Talking stuff about the, the Giants now, but I think it's more, you know, whatever. Talk it's radio fodder, you know, probably yeah. that kind of thing. He'll get over it. Yeah, um, I, I get. Uh, you, you, I, you know what? Part of the part of the deal too was that his, uh, I think it's his brother or one of his family members is his agent. Yeah, and yeah. so they kind of, they they kind of stirred the pot too, you know that Pablo man, they're you know they're disrespecting you with that blah yeah. blah blah blah. They got in his ear, so you can't have that. They've, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm vindicated. It was five years, so uh, five years for 100 million. So you got 20, yeah. 20 with a club option for a sixth year, which means we're not necessarily stuck with them for six. <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes. He seems likable enough, so. 
But they're already they already give him shit about his weight here already. I mean, you know how it is here. Mm-hmm. But as long as he produces, yeah. they don't really care. Big Poppy's a big dude, so as long as he's yeah. good, people won't really give him any shit. Exactly. Yeah. Now, do you expect a hangover for uh, for the Giants World Series hangover? Uh, I haven't even. I'm not going to be giving you my picks tonight because I don't even have them yet. Uh, I haven't mm-hmm. even thought about it, so I feel bad in the way that we're that you're bad. Neither have I, but. Uh... <laughs> Well, we'll see. Uh, there's a twist this year too. There's a slight twist, so I'll give you some extra, extra, one extra thing now. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't even have my picks or anything. But I'm not feeling you know, just based on feeling. I'm not feeling really great about the Giants. I feel like they're going to have a hangover. Oh, the well, the deal with them is they win in uh, the even years. Right, right. And they don't in the odd years, but whatever that <laughs> means. I think. Um, the core is still the same, you know, so it just uh, depends. I think they'll be competitive, and I, I expect them to make the postseason. Of course, you know, that just takes a couple injuries, you know, and somebody, yeah. one of the pitchers having an off year. Because the way they're built, their margin of error is very small. They got the... They lost uh, a couple of their power hitters, so they're going to be, you know, one of those teams that... Uh, scrambles and grinds to get wins, but I think, you know, once again, if they're able to get to the postseason, then hey, <laughs> who would you put your money on? Yeah. Alright, so you're feeling okay. Now, what about, uh. Ah, shit, well, we. we. <laughs> They've won uh, <laughs> three of the last five years, so. Hey, hey I'm good for the next, uh. Yeah, rest yeah. of my life. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm upset. Do you follow these? I know you hate the Dodgers, of course, but do you follow these other teams at all? Because uh, the Padres, they they like they like remade yeah. the whole team. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Padres that? Padres loading that up thing? with uh, they got Kemp and they got some pitchers and they get Upton, uh, several players. Yeah, I mean, the, you've seen this before, though. You've seen one team I comes to mind is after the Giants won in 2010, you know, and the Giants had this great pitching staff. And so then they beat the uh, Phillies in the, uh, uh, somewhere in the, maybe it was for the pennant. Yeah. And so the uh, Phillies that year in the postseason, they went out and got uh, Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels, that holiday guy, and the, you know, put yeah, they like loaded up. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa, that sucks, man. They're going to be, but some, you know, getting all those free agents, you put so much money in it. If it doesn't work, if somebody gets injured, it's like within a couple of years, they're like having a fire sale, you know. So. Could be the same thing with the Padres if it doesn't happen for them, you know, within a couple of years. You know, owners get a little antsy. It's like, yeah. Did I lose you? Oh no! Let me see here. Yo. My goodness, dude! This is like <laughs> this is like uh, like rain delays on this on this fucking show. <laughs> Are you there still okay? Yeah. All right. All right. I think you I think we I think we lost you when you were on the end of a clean thought actually about the about the uh the Phillies. So we we may be uh we may be okay there. Folks, we've had the most insane 
put together of a show here tonight. Uh, first we tried Skype, and then Adam's phone didn't, well, that didn't work, and Adam had to charge his cell phone, and now we've been disconnected. It's like, as I said to him, it's like rain delays here on this, on this show. So, Illuminati, man. They're wanting to put a stop to this, uh, I think it's the, it's, it's, no, you know what it is? It's not the NWO, it's the BBWA. They're trying to put a stop to us. BBWA? Yeah, the baseball writers, you know? The ones oh. who vote in the Hall of Fame and everything, they don't yeah. like, they don't like us gathering and talking about this. Bunch of conspiracy buffs. Dis- yeah. Discussing baseball. Are you ready for the predictions? I guess. I know, it's not, you know. It's tough. And you're in a tough position because uh, everybody else has won so far except for you. You're the Cubs of the baseball special. So, <laughs> But you're a, two, a two-time Silver Slugger winner because your team has actually won the World Series. So you have two Silver Sluggers. Uh, I only have one two. for the Red Sox. Yeah, you got two. They've won three. Actually, yeah, but we, uh, I'll give you a retroactive Silver Slugger. We didn't invent it till halfway through, but I'll give you it okay. retroactively. So you have three Silver Sluggers. So your 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 heads, you know, far and away uh, ahead of us in actual <laughs> enjoyment of, uh, of of the actual games, but uh, but 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 we're also here to compete for the prediction championship. So are you ready to do this? No, but uh, let's start. All right, nice. <laughs> do you want to know the twist? Uh, it's not a real big twist, but should I tell you? I'll just tell you this. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll do it now. It doesn't matter. Um, because we have this sort of log jam all the time uh, with the points and shit. That this year uh, we're also adding in I one. Would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I'm usually so far behind. Uh, you were close one year, dude. You a couple yeah. a couple of things had to shake out, and you would have uh, you would have won. I think, I think a couple of years I've been pretty close, and like Kimball beat me out one. Yeah, year it was best. it was two years ago, and the Giants did win the World Series. And if the Giants had won have the World, been, came down to. I'd, Giants win the World Series or you win the baseball contest. <laughs> and it was it was the yeah. Sophie's Choice uh season. I remember that now. So but then you didn't fare too well last year. You were at the bottom of the rankings. So we're back now this year to uh to see if you can get close and uh, maybe finally uh grab that brass ring. So, cuz there's a bottleneck in the top of the of the standings every year. It seems like everyone's kind of got three or four. And this last year it ended in a tie. Offit and I each had a share of the championship. So this time around we're adding a new tiebreaker uh, question, let's say. Okay. Prediction. And that is the final score of the All-Star game. So this time it counts. <laughs> Did you come up with that? <laughs> the final score of the All-Star game? Yeah. It's a tiebreaker. Okay. It's a tiebreaker. It should be, you know, it's kind of meaningless. So it's like. It's totally meaningless, yeah. That's why this time it counts. That's what they say. So if they're going to make it count for home field, we'll, uh, okay. we'll use a point. I see. So you I, can, I see. I understand your logic. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if, if the final score is like four, you know, four out of ten to four out of ten, then we can look at that and go, well, he did get the All Star game right, so he gets one more point. Okay. That's how it works. Fair, en- fair enough. Okay, don't base your whole ideas around that. That's just the <laughs> just the tiebreaker. <laughs> You're making it sound like I'm putting a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> if we don't build it up, the championship me- is meaningless. Uh, it's okay, so you want to start in the National League? That's your uh, that's your domain, right? Sure. Okay. 
National League East. And uh, this year there's no gimmicks. You know how I've always had these stupid uh, gimmicks that never worked for me? Well, you moved away from the gimmick in the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, that's when you got close, too. So I would just go with your feelings. Go with your feelings. Okay, with your, we're in the National, National League East? Yes. And I also need to reserve two wild cards, right? So that's correct. That goes into the thinking here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you got to go with the Washington Nationals. All right. We're talking about uh, Scherzer, he's there now, and so they got a pretty good pitching staff. So yeah, go for the Washington Nationals. Yeah, they have a really good pitching staff. All That's right. Probably the team everybody's going to pick. I don't. I, a lot of these teams here are looking at them. Uh, oh yeah. Pretty much suck these days. The Braves and Phillies and Marlins, and I don't know what the Mets got going, but uh, yeah, Washington Nats. All right. Uh, National League Central. So let's uh, go with uh, the Cubs since they've done all this stuff. Brought in Madden and got your boy. What what's his name? Uh, John Lester, yeah. And the general manager. Didn't, don't they have the old red? Yeah, they have. The, yeah, he's the president. Yeah, yeah. They got a lot going for him. They got a lot going yeah. for him. All right. I'm surprised. Uh, they're in they're in the mix for my for my teams. I think for sure. I'm surprised you're going uh, so boldly, but. I like it. I like it a lot. Ah, what There's know. one team that breaks out every year. They they seem like they're they're the ripe candidate. Uh, National yeah. League West. This is your uh, home division here. Let's go with the Dodgers winning the uh, West. Okay. And then for the wild cards, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Interesting. All right. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Both the wild cards will come out of the National League West. All right. I don't know how bold this is, but it'll be the Giants and the Padres. All right, Giants and Padres. Okay. So you got the Nats, the Cubs, the Dodgers for the division winners, and then the uh, Giants and Padres for the wild card. All right, all right. I like it. I like what you're doing there. You got a few. Uh, you got a few ones. You got a few pushes. Everyone's going to say the Nationals. Come, this is why we had to bring in the All Star Game uh, tiebreaker. You know, everyone. Some of these divisions are really easy to pick, so. Or everybody pushes. picks the same. So what do you mean pushes? Everybody, like everybody on the board, picked the Nationals last year. So oh, okay, it was yeah. it was worthless to everybody, you know. Yep. Okay, in the American League, American League East, who you got? Oh, let's go with the uh, Red Sox. All right, nice, nice. I'm not sure how I'm feeling yet about them. I haven't, I haven't even really talked baseball till tonight with you. So, uh, well, they totally sucked last year, so this ought to be a rebound year. And they got the, the panda, and I don't know what the hell else they've done. They got Hanley Ramirez too. Wait, oh, that's right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me think about this. Oh, he's making he's making changes here. Interesting. <laughs> it's uh, within the rules. Now let's uh, actually let's go with the Orioles. All right, and I'll probably come back to the Red Sox for a uh, wild card. All right, nice, let's, nice. Let's go to the Central Division. I like the switcheroo. I like the switcheroo. See, going with the gut, folks. That's the theme this year for Adam. I think. All right, so Central, who you got? Ah, uh, boy, I really don't know these teams. Of course, all the Royals in the World Series, but. Who knows what they'll have this year. So my gut's telling me the Cleveland Indians. 
All right. I probably could. I probably couldn't name a player on that team, but. Uh... You know something I really couldn't either, except uh, I think I know that their uh, their ace won the Cy Young last year. I think his name is Huber. And even when he was, even when he won it, I was like, "Who is this Huber guy? Yeah, I don't even know I who that is." I don't know who he is. Yeah, it's so weird. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. But, uh, yeah. but, but they did pretty good uh, last year. They kind of uh, towards the end, I think, uh, fell off. You know, they had a 185 game, so they were right there in the mix for a while. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, they had a winning record, so uh, can't can't go wrong there. All right, uh, American League West. Well, I don't follow any of these teams, but I know the Angels have talent. I think Josh Hamilton got into some trouble, though. Yeah, I bet he's he's probably going to be gone at least till the All Star game. I don't know shit about the. <laughs> I know the uh, A's like had a fire sale. They do that every few years, you know. Then you like, man, they're going to suck this season. And it turns out they end up competing. So who knows with them? But I'll go with the Angels. All right. The National League West, and I need a couple wild cards. One That's right. We'll beat the Boston Red Sox. All right, sounds good. Red Sox, yeah. And uh, Kansas City Royals. Wow. All right. Some interesting choices here. You've, Am you've, I you've now, your mind? A little bit, yeah. You've given up on Detroit. You think they're? Do uh, you think they're going to fade away this year? Yep. Phillies esque. Yep, they're done. All right. So we got Baltimore. Cleveland and the Angels, and then for the wild cards, Boston and Kansas City. All right, so who you got winning the American League and who you have winning the uh, National League? Uh, let's go with the Orioles. All right, nice, nice. That's I like this. feeling about them for some reason. They were really good last why. year. Maybe, it, maybe it's because everybody think so highly people talk highly of Buck Showalter as some type of genius uh, I like him it's about time that genius comes to the fore and uh, he needs a ring that's for sure yeah, yeah to cement himself as a as a true legend so that's not a bad they won 96 games last year and they kept saying going into the playoffs that like their three best players were injured so it's like if they ah you know so I don't know they're 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 a power of the house team under the radar. Okay, so you got the the uh, the Orioles winning the American League, facing off in the World Series against. Let's go with the uh, Washington Nationals. All right, a Beltway series here for the. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. I'd be bitching. Yeah. All right, so we got a Beltway series in in Go Rightly's prediction bracket here. So Baltimore versus Washington. We got one in it all, and yes, there is an After Effect drum roll that's been added in. Uh, no, I do it. I'll just do it. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's going to be even more bizarre, because now I'm going to include that exchange. But go on. The winner of the World Series here, Baltimore versus Washington. Uh, let's go with the Nationals. All right. I think they're overdue. I, I, you, you got some solid picks there. I have really... Uh, you, you took you took some flyers on some teams that are that are definitely uh, there's nothing outrageous in there. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, some, something's wrong if the Nationals aren't in the mix. They got too much talent, too much pitching. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, as uh, we've discussed here, what will be the final score of the All Star Game? Eleven to six, uh, the American League. 
All right. That's probably the most outrageous prediction you've had out of all of them, so. Uh, what what are the normal scores for those? I, just, I think 11 is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think 11 is. These are all-stars. How would, how would you score 11? I don't know. All right, but it, 11 to 6 American League. <laughs> all right. Uh, sometimes they score that many runs. It's like, you know. Well, I'm already considering. I'm already going to run into problems here because uh, if everybody says American League, then you go to the score. So you still get a point even if the American League wins, you know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird with those all-star games because, you know, you're just – they throw pitchers in there for, what, an inning? Yeah, just to show two. them off and, yeah. So, yeah, no telling what's going to happen. All right, that's it. That's uh, that's all for the for the baseball segment. Now I teased when we introduced you here, as we said, uh, as I said when we first brought you on last year when we had you on the program, it was for Historia Discordia, and that was like I said, kind of the beginning of a, of a big wave of stuff you were working on with this. So what's what's been going on since then? I think we talked to you like in the springtime last year. So, uh, no, well, you talked to me. Uh... Later than that, because you interviewed me about the story of the Scordia book. Yeah, I thought maybe it was like in maybe the it was in the spring. That's what I mean. Yeah, but it uh, came out after uh, the baseball pick, so it came out in May. Yeah, so that was the spring. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so what? So okay, circling so back that. around, what what have you been up to since then? What's going on? That was kind of the big beginning of all this, and it, it, well, yeah, you know. there was that book, and that came out on May 23rd, which is a Holy Discordian date. Nice. And so, yeah, I've had the website uh, going for a while, the story of Discordia, to help, you know, publicize these different books. And There's also a lot of uh, new material, updating it daily, and there's all kinds of good stuff uh, there at the uh, Story of Discordia website, so that's going to continue on. I have... When these, uh, we've talked about this in previous shows, had all this material passed on to me, so some of it will end up in books, but a lot will end up on that website. Then, uh, in, uh, October of last year, had the, uh, the uh, book Caught in the Crossfire, Carrie Thornley, Lee Oswald, and the Garrison Investigation came out. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that was related to the Discordian archives in the sense that uh, within those archives there was a whole uh, section of material related to Thornley and the uh, Garrison Investigation. I'd written about uh, all of that in the past, yeah. 2003, in The Prankster and the Conspiracy, but there was more materials. Which led to that book, both those books, Story of Discordia and Caught in the Crossfire, had been, I'd been working on developing for a number of years and both of them, you know, finally got published last year, so that was cool getting, getting that done. Nice. Um, so what's next? What's going on with you now? Uh, working on some stuff, a couple of UFO related books. Oh, really? Interesting. But I don't want to give too much away. I want you to give everything away. I want you to give everything away, though. <laughs> All right, that's fine. State, where can people go? Historiadiscordia.com? Is that where they should find more from you? Uh, or, or do you have any, yeah. All right, yeah, because you'll promote Well, if, if people are into that, you know, uh, go there. You know, I have my other websites, adamgorightly.com, but that's where I'm 
uh, putting a lot of my energy into that Historia Discordia website these days. You also have quite the presence on Facebook, I'll say. So, mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, if you want people to friend you or not. So, I get oh, friend yeah, requests no. all the time. I don't know. Do you? Because yours yeah. is like mine. It's like a personal Facebook, and it's like. Uh-huh. So I get like tons of friend requests. I don't know. I just ignore them because I feel I feel bad. But then it's like, oh geez, should I? And, you know, every now and then I'll just like go through them. But it's like, geez, dude, I'm just I'm here to talk about wrestling and stuff. But it's <laughs> not paranormal. But you know, I'll usually friend whoever you know. I'll check them out and make sure see who their friends are. And if it looks kind of sketchy, uh, yeah. Can always get rid of them later. If it, That's I've true. Got burnt, burnt a few times with trolls, but uh, I don't want anyone yeah, too we'll, diabolical. That's all. We'll see. Some sometimes it gets a little weird, and I think uh, eh, maybe I'll just uh, get rid of the personal page and get an author page. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, social media can be at times. All right. On that. On that uplifting note. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, dude, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And leading off the whole program, uh, you know, like I said, I really meant what I said, dude. I wasn't blowing smoke up your ass. I do, con- <laughs> I consider your segments one of the more hilarious of, of the, of the different segments. And so I always kind of like to put it at the very, uh, at the cleanup spot on the special every mm-hmm. year or the number five spot. So, uh, also, you know, to try hopefully, and give us a boost. Uh, hopefully this will be my year. I'm way overdue. I got a good feeling like, about it. Like the like the Giants, you know, how many years did it take them? And once they got going, I know that could happen. You know, Go Riley could win this year, and the next thing you know, he wins the next three years. I could be yeah undefeated for the next decade. Exactly, anything can happen on the BOA Audio Baseball Special. Thank you for coming back, my friend. We'll have you on Thanks. BOA proper very soon, I promise. And uh, keep in touch, buddy. Good deal. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, batting second here on the 2015 BOA Audio Baseball Special is the man who holds the record for most appearances ever on this fine program. He's the Iron Man of Banal of America Audio, and he's a good friend of mine. He's the author, of course, of Project Beta, which hopefully we're going to do a a re-examination of, a re, uh, a revisiting later on this year, but, uh, that's a tease for later. He's also the host of the outstanding podcast, Radio Mysterioso. If you're not listening to that and you listen to BOA Audio, you gotta dig into Radio Mysterioso. It, it is awesome. I highly recommend it, folks. Talking about, of course, the illustrious Greg Bishop. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks, Tim. That was a great intro. I, 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 I feel like I've actually done something instead of, Having to think about it. I'm not making any sense. It's like 95 degrees here right now. Yeah, it's Friday night. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're chilling here and we're talking baseball. Maybe I should so. drink a beer. That might help. It, once it goes over 90, I think you're, I think you're almost like obligated medically. <laughs> I'm going to go get a beer while we're, while we're talking, but we keep going. You might hear my wife's um, radio out in the other room. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so yeah, we got Bishop back here on the show for the baseball special, uh, some shakeups there for his Dodgers uh, in the off season. A lots of talent, lots of promise. They never seem to be able to put it together. They keep making the playoffs, uh, but they haven't been able to get very far. And uh, they, they have uh, that awesome pitcher Kershaw, who uh, is pretty much everyone seems to think is either you know the top pitcher in baseball or amongst the uh, you know top three or top five. So they've got a yeah. real bona fide ace plus a bunch of other good players and. 
So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what they uh, what they did this off season and uh, maybe where things went wrong. I was talking about this with Go Rightly. He was very apologetic for Kershaw. I was trying to explain to him that Kershaw doesn't seem to do very well in October, but he uh, he seemed to dismiss that. But you you follow the Dodgers more than than he or I do. But from what I understand, he really kind of shits the bed in October, right? Uh, only against the Cardinals. Okay, so oh no, so it's even worse. Yeah. And in fact, I think last year, I wouldn't call it shitting the bed. I think he had some. I think he had some help with. Uh, with he he had a, a little of a shit in the bed, and then a bunch of his uh, infielders wiped the shit around. Ah. So, people on base. He kept you know balls kept missing gloves through the infield, and they got people on. And then I can't remember who it was hit a home run, and then basically knocked him out. But uh, the, the the first year. They hit they uh, that uh, Kershaw faced the Cardinals. What 2013, when they knocked him out, that that was a real shit the bed moment. I mean, they just kept getting hits off him. This last time, it was it was fielding stuff. Yeah. All right. Okay. A so lot of it was the fielding. So we can give him kind of a pass then. He really shits the. Maybe that's what Go Riley was talking about. Uh, it probably I think because he said it was sort of situational. So. Uh... Kudos, I guess, to go rightly. He yeah, must have been, he that, must that would be the word. Yeah. Good. Um, I'm second to bat, and I'm moving him over by uh, by uh, uh, helping with that issue. <laughs> exactly. There you go. So what's I'm what, moving him? I'm moving go rightly over to second here. Nice, nice. So what what happened in the off season? Now they got rid of Matt Kemp. What kind of other moves did they make? I'm trying to remember now. It's been. Yeah, uh, I mean, people probably know more about it than I do. They got rid of Kemp. They got rid of who was very popular. They also got rid of sent to um, Florida. I think it's the uh, the Rays or the Marlins. I can't remember. People are going to hate. Oh, the old um, pitcher there, the old guy that's like doesn't even want to play in Florida. And Heron, yeah, they got rid of him. Yeah, that's and awkward. Uh, uh, D Gordon, who everybody liked, very popular guy, but uh, I think they just wanted to sell high on him because the, the new uh, what's his name? Um, oh, that's the big story, right? Because they got the new, they got the general manager, or uh, yeah, he was the general manager of the Rays. I don't know if they made manager, the president the, or general manager. Uh, general manager Zaidi. And the the, pre, the president Zaidi and the general manager is Andrew Friedman. So right, there's right. a Muslim and a Jew running the Dodgers. <laughs> 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 so what I think is wonderful. It's perfect for L.A. Well, they make this out guy out to be like uh, like a phenom of sorts. Uh, for for everyone's kind of saying, well, you know, look look what he did with the Rays. You know, they barely spent any money. Now he's going to be in L.A. with all this money. What's you know, he's going to do some good stuff. Uh, what's your feeling so far? Uh, it's really tough with a general manager. You can't really, you know, you don't really you won't really know if he's any good. I guess till like a year or two into all this. Yeah, but. you you don't know until this stuff pans out. So far. And and like this, you know, the uh, Stathead blogs I follow, like Dodgers Digest, which is wonderful. Um, they're Statheads, but they're not geeky Statheads where you, you know, where you don't understand what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Um, they like the new people. I mean, these are the same people that liked Paul De Podesta, who was, you know, Billy Bean's um, uh, right hand man uh, during all that Moneyball period about ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Um, so they got new. They got Friedman and Zaidi are, are more like uh, you know stathead type people, huh. but they're not exclusive like Dave Podesta was. They actually listen to their scouts. They listen to baseball people, and they've been around it for a while. So they, they don't just you know make decisions based purely on numbers. Yeah. Um, they also make decisions based on past performance and you know especially with the the bullpen right now. They they got a lot of people for cheap. 
like six guys or something. And if one or two of these guys pan out in the bullpen, it'd be excellent. They got them all for real, you know, for like a song practically. Yeah. And then they went out and did something like, you know, bought this, uh, they, I think they like signed like three Cuban people or two at least in the last couple of months. They just paid, what's that guy, Hector Oliveira or something, gave him like, I think like six million over six years or seven years, something like that. But yeah, that's they, like they the new lot. thing, this new Cuban invasion. It's all kinds of yeah. Cuban, Cuban guys coming in now. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what kind of, have they all escaped Cuba or are they being, coming in here legally now? I don't know. I think they changed the rule in the last year or two where they are coming in legally. But okay, because Big came in illegally. He tried to come twice. Right, right. And there's that whole story about him, like, owing a some buttload of money to some, like, gangster in Miami. Yeah, that's a crazy in. story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, for a while people were thinking, you know, they were, like, he had extra security and people kept thinking he was going to get shot during games and weird things like that. Weird. But that's kind of, like... That's kind of bubbled up. I mean, it's it's kind of gone away. It's kind of, you know, when I first heard about it, it's like, oh, that's kind of worrisome. Then I was thinking, don't these people have enough money to make these kind of problems go away? Yeah, you think, it, it, yeah. It seemed like you know, Magic Johnson and a couple other people would have a couple of people go and, like, you know, figuratively break legs or something. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why we don't hear much about it anymore. I don't know. <laughs> You don't, so you know, and he's you know, Puig seems in good spirits, and 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 uh, spring training, he's, he's got started slowly, but he's tearing it up now. I saw a uh, a clip of him hitting a home run yesterday, and I just watched it on my iPad. You know that home run noise where where the balls hit, and you know from the sound that yes. it's going out. Yeah, it's a very distinct crack. Yeah, yeah, the very distinct like. Halfway between a between a crack and a hollow noise, whatever it is, but it was the clearest sound I've ever heard of a home run. It was just like this perfect home run noise. They ought to put it in a in a, in a sound library for home runs for, for in movies and TV shows. It was, and it was on my pad. I don't know if somebody sweetens the audio when they you know send out MLB TV or whatever, but this is it was. It was the noise made me laugh. It made it gave me so much joy just to hear that home run sound. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, so yeah, what, there's back, a certain turning point where you, all of a sudden it's like, you know, I, I really wasn't into baseball like this season this year until like uh, I started to get everybody together for the special, and it started to be kind of like, all right, it really is happening again. Finally, the snow will be gone eventually. The uh, <laughs> see, we're out here, and there hasn't really been any snow. There's been a lot of rain and snow in the mountains, but. Yeah, I've been sort of following spring training, but we couldn't afford to go this year, so just been kind of following. From I've only been to spring training twice, and one time we did it upright last year. We stayed in a nice place in this resort with a giant golf course and a beautiful swimming pool that was like four miles from the baseball park, and we had nice dinners and went to like you know six, eight games and sat right down in front, like you know five feet from the guys on deck, stuff like that. It was great. Nice. That sounds awesome. Well, the thing was, you know, one, my wife and I are both working, and two, sitting way down front like that, the seats are like twenty-five bucks. Right, right. And to me, that's 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 less than we pay for our seats in um, a slightly bit less than we pay for our seats in, you know, uh, three levels up um, on our, our 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 ticket package, our thirty-game ticket thing. Yeah. We are right in the middle, though. We're like in section two, like behind home plate this year for the Dodgers games. Nice. You got good. Uh, how many? How many games are you going to this year? Thirty. 
It's like a, it, it's a package. Damn. It can get up to the level, you know, it's like the the, fir, the last level before you have to buy season tickets. Season yeah. tickets are like, you know, you have to buy 80, what is it, 81 games. 81 games, yeah. There's no way I'm going to go to 81 games or my wife will, and so it's a huge waste of money. Yeah, those um, are good, like, if you, you know, if you need to, like, float them out to people and shit, you know, kind of. Yeah, like, we do that anyway with yeah. the 30 games. But the thing is, with those 30 games, you actually get to pick the games. You don't, they don't assign them to you. You just pick whatever you want. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to have them go, have me go to the games that nobody wants to go to just because it's part of a ticket package. I'd rather pick them. Right, exactly. It's like, who wants to go see the Rockies? Yeah, I don't think, I think we have one Rockies game the entire season. I think I just did it because there was a good bobblehead that night or something. I have no idea, but. <laughs> You know, it was one of the last ones I picked, you know, I picked, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nationals games, uh, 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 Giants, of course. Uh, I didn't really think about it, but I should have got more San Diego games because I think they're going to, they'll probably, the Dodgers will just beat them out this year, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, you know, the Dodgers, they made a couple moves, but they, they, they pale in comparison to the Padres, who were like a video game. Uh, you know, re- it's like when you get the video game and you're like, you trade half your players because you can fool the computer or something. <laughs> you know, you just like. Did they get shields? Yes, they did. They got shields. They got Kemp. They got, uh, Upton. They got yeah. Brooks from the Red Sox. They got some other outfielder too. Uh, they got a, they yeah, got a. Cause I- I don't know if they have a new owner, but that somebody in there says, let's just start spending so we can just stop being in the basement all the time. They have a new GM, so. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name, but I was just reading up on him in the, like, last few days before this show where I'm, like, frantically trying to find out about what's going on. But, yeah, the uh, the, the new general manager has uh, come in, and for some reason he has this win, <laughs> let's win uh, uh idea in his head. I think they got more money for their TV deal or something. It's not like the whatever that eight thirty billion that the Dodgers got, but it's it's for San Diego it's a good chunk, so um that if they gel okay they'll probably do pretty well. I, I don't know about Kemp. I think he's I think Dodgers sold high on him. Because he did really well in the last half last year. Yeah. Well it'll but be interesting. Heard more and you know uh, so, oh, I'll tell you that story. I'll repeat that story I told you. The, uh, uh, during spring training, somebody on the Padres saw Matt Kemp um, checking the the uh, Dodgers' uh, spring training scores on his phone. <laughs> and he, he said, let it go, bro. <laughs> I, told, I told my wife that. She goes, yeah, it's like he's like a stalking old girlfriend or boyfriend or something. <laughs> yeah. That's really like, that's kind of, that's sad. Makes you wonder, like, what the hell he's doing. It is. I feel bad for him. I mean, there's no, you know, when he comes, the Dodgers are playing the Padres opening day, and when they introduce him, I, I, I would not be surprised if he got a standing ovation. Wow. Well, they just had too many outfielders, right? And he was getting paid the most, so they had to do something. So. Yeah. One, he was getting paid the most. Two, he's been starting to decline for a couple of years now, with like spurts of being really great. And three, there's like rumblings that he was like uh, um, a malcontent, getting, getting in arguments with people in the clubhouse, like yeah. other players and stuff. I think he, somebody else, you know, he figured he was like the clubhouse leader, and other people were trying to do it, like maybe. Um, Henley Ramirez, who has gone to Boston now. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this guy? Because all I heard was bad stuff, and and uh, people were like, oh, you know, good luck. Good luck with that guy. Yeah, a, that's know. how I feel. Way above average hitter, below average to maybe worse than that fielder. Yeah. 
In fact, remember when Kershaw almost had a perfect game? I think I do. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I remember this, yeah. One reason he didn't have a perfect game is because Ramirez bobbled an easy grounder. Oh, that must suck. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't talk about it, but I think a lot of fans are like, that asshole. Yeah, I can see how that would stick uh, That would stick for a while. Well, so instead of having a, instead of having a perfect game, he had a no-hitter. Um, which is fine, but perfect games are, you know, I don't think Kershaw's had one, and that might have been the closest he got to one. Yeah, those are like super rare. There's only been like 20 or something like that. So, yeah. it's not as bad as that guy, uh, who ran, you know, who the guy called, uh, called safe at first that, uh. Oh, yeah, the one where the umpire went and apologized to yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. They should have reversed that call after the fact. But yeah, I mean, the, the umpire even looked at it later. and The reason he apologized is he said, I botched the call. Right, right. And that guy, like, never kind of, the, the pitcher, like, never really, I think he's, like, if, he, if he's not in the minor leagues now, he's playing in, like, the Venezuelan leagues or some shit. He never really, you know, he never kind of recovered from all that. Well, his name's in the books because of that. But, you, yeah. yeah, like, in years, nobody's going to care or remember. Right, he'll only be known yeah. as the dude like who got the thing got the thing taken away from him. So it's even worse. Yeah, but you're right. They really should reverse that. Um, the other thing, I just read an article on the what's that the the pace of the game thing with the game the pitch clock. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of talk about this thing where they can't now the batters they have to keep one foot in the box and it's like yeah. there's a lot of little arcane rules they're implementing now that are like to to shave like 20 minutes off the game. It's like that doesn't even matter, dude. No, it doesn't matter, and I think it probably has the most to do with guess what money, and it probably has to do with, you know, um, TV wanting the things to fit in the schedule properly. Right. Because they, I guess they sell a certain amount of advertising. If they go into extra innings or take too long or whatever the hell, um, they don't have as many people watching or staying with the game and watching the commercials and blah, blah. I, I bet that's what it stems from. But the point of the article, I think it was Sports Illustrated or something. I can't remember who where I read it, but they said that um, – the umpires aren't going to implement it. They're, they're not going to enforce it because they never have. And if they start enforcing it, then they'll have to enforce it everywhere, and there'll be all kinds of blow up from the players. And I don't see why the game has to be sped up. Yeah, I don't think anybody who's and a real fan of the game sees why it has to be sped up. A lot of it too is like they seem to think that like they're losing. Well, they probably are losing young fans, but it's like I don't know if that's because of the pace of the game, though. It's just the nature of, of the game. It's a uh, it's sort of like a wait-and-see game, you know? You, yeah. You have to have patience and shit. I love it. Yeah. And the thing is, in, in well, I didn't really start caring about baseball until I was in my, like, early 30s. Yeah. And I think it was part of a function of becoming more patient and not caring so much that something has to happen right away. You know, you're sitting there. People say, what are you doing? You know, it's so boring. It's in between patients. It's like... You know what I'm doing in between pitches and in between innings and in between all the stuff when stuff is sitting still? I'm talking to my friends. I'm talking to my wife. I'm looking at people in the audience. I'm looking at guys on the field and how they're placing themselves. I'm looking in the dugout to see what's going on in there. I'm looking and seeing who's warming up. You know, I'm looking at the strategy. There's all kinds of stuff to be involved with when exactly. nothing's on, quote, unquote. Hmm. Exactly. So I don't get it. Most most baseball fans are like, "What do you? Why bother?" You know, and it's like then there's the general sports writers who are like, "The games are too long." It's like, no, dude. They're you know, I don't see it. Some games are too long, like these Red Sox Yankee games that go like four hours plus are, are way too long. But that's also because they're on national TV, 
and they I think they like I think they like squeezing more ads and shit. I'm sure of that, you know. So oh, that they, might be it. Yeah. They did say they're going to have a clock that counts down from like the end of the inning to the start of the next inning for the commercial break. So if they they trim the commercial breaks to like two minutes and fifteen seconds, I think it is something like that. It's like yeah. that, that's fine, dude. Cut the commercial breaks down, but you know, yeah, that's that's fine. I it's it still irritates me a little bit, but you know. I think the part of the, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of people said this, but the part of the game that makes it interesting, a lot of it is all the in-between spaces. Yeah. Just, it's like life, like really exciting stuff happens for a little bit, and then there's a whole bunch of in-between space that people don't pay attention to where a lot of stuff is going on as well, if you care to look. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff that's going on in between affects those really those really action-packed parts of life and baseball. So it's just I don't know it, it, that that stuff. Fast, I was explaining that to a friend of mine um, yesterday, last uh, night before last. It was a woman. She was like, I don't know, I'm not interested in baseball. I, I can't see why it's interesting. So a friend of mine and I, one of the co-founders of the Excluded Middle magazine, actually Robert Larson, and I explained to her what I'm saying right now about the spaces in between and the strategy and the, you know, uh, yeah. It can change on a dime. You go to a game, and what you're doing is basically watching a story that you don't know the ending to. And that, to me, I like that. I like I think that's exciting and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Ortiz said, he made a big point because it's like they don't want the part of the rule is like the batter has to keep one foot in the batter box at all times. They can't step out of the batter box. But there's like no rule for the pitcher. There's no like change. So it's like it affects the mindset and style of the batters and it gives like unfair advantage to the pitchers because they don't have to change anything so it's like uh, i hope they don't enforce these rules because they're ridiculous uh, unless they i don't think they will they might with like people that are egregiously bad like no more used to step out of the box after everything and adjust his gloves yeah still people that do that um I don't know. I don't. I don't like it. But then, like I said, it's that you, like you said, it's not fair to the pitcher, to the batter, to have an advantage switch to the pitcher because you have to change your routine. Right. Exactly. Well, it just it messes the whole chemistry of like the exchange up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, I don't know. When people do that, they have pitchers that as soon as the guy's back in the batter's box, quick pitch him. If they're going to take so long, then they'll get the pitch right away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, you took your time and I took my time. Here's the pitch. Here, here, you know, <laughs> here it comes. I don't care if you're ready or not. You're standing in the batter's box. <laughs> oh man, are you ready for predictions? Yeah, let me get my list. All right, we have a bonus additional prediction this year uh, as a tiebreaker, so we're uh, we're changing it up just a touch. Go rightly. Well, then I'll have to take a wild tiebreaker guess then. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, 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 you mean a tiebreaker that will be a tiebreaker f- between all of us that are doing the predictions. Okay. Right, right, right. There's an additional now new category that's sort of a tiebreaker in case we need it. Okay. Which go rightly promptly shit all over once I revealed it to him, so. <laughs> he likes doing that. Yeah. But then when I explained it, he's like, yeah, okay, that makes, that kind of makes sense. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense, dude. Why'd you shit all over it? <laughs> Yeah, before he hears what it is. Um, all right. So as you know, we uh, we pick all the division winners, the wild cards, the uh, the pennant, and the World Series. Yep. But we've also added this year, uh, just as the tiebreaker, the uh, the final score of the All Star Game. 
Hmm. Yeah. So. I don't know what you have. I, I don't have the wherewithal to shit all over it. Or I don't have enough shit built up like God go rightly to to shit all over it, so. Well, it's the kind of, I, I was trying to come up with a good tiebreaker idea, and it was like, Trying to get some. Well, you could do like you know MVPs or Cy Youngs or something like that. But this sounds more interesting, you know. Yeah, and it's like you just there's too much there's too much variability in those where it's like nobody might get it, you know what I mean? But at least this way, this way we know for sure they're they're going to play the All Star game, so we'll right we'll have some uh, something to go on at least. Um, yeah. And then then people can get a little momentum going into the playoffs, so kind of like right. the, like the real All Star game. This time it counts, yeah. like they say on the on the commercials. Yeah. All right. We'll start. Uh, you're National League based, so we'll start in the National League. Uh, who you got for the National League East? Nationals. I'm sure everybody else had that too. Uh, so far, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty uh, across the board. National League Central. Pirates. All right. I don't know how I feel about the Pirates yet this year. Uh, I don't know. Following spring training, so it's part of me thinks that they're 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 going to regress, but uh, I don't actually. I don't know though. I feel like. Maybe they're due for a, for an even bigger year, so I'm on the fence on the Pirates. I got to give it more. Yeah, time. well, everybody's saying Cardinals, and I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to throw the Pirates in there because I mean, I almost went with the Cubs. Actually, I think Sporting News has them winning the World Series. Really? Which is a really tough one. I don't know who paid them to say that. Theo Epstein. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, National League West. Come on. Going with the Dodgers, I assume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad bet. No, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good bet. I think that's a good bet. Um, I mean, just the fact they picked up Kendrick and uh, uh, Rollins. Yeah, yeah, we forgot. We didn't even get into that, but, yeah, you, you feel good. Rollins is good, so. Yeah, they've been doing real good in spring training. They're best buddies now, which is good because they're going to be the, you know, they're going to be the double play combo, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, they've both been damn well. So what's that? And they've both been hitting well. Good. Which they should. They that's the kind of players they are. Anyway. Right. Right. Uh, National League wild card. Oh, who will win it? Yes. Uh, Cardinals. Okay, there's two though. So you got Cardinals and Mets. Wow. All right. All right. What makes you so? Uh, what makes you? What makes you think that about the Mets? Just, Let me just sort of a shot in the dark, or just. Uh, uh, because I thought they would, um, I wanted to give them a chance to get the better, because they haven't done anything in a while. They're doing a little bit better now, and they had them coming in um, second in the NL East. I mean, a, a few places I looked at them coming in second in the NL East. Yeah, like I said, I'm real stupid about a lot of this stuff. Maybe I didn't say. I said to you earlier, I'm real stupid about a lot of this stuff, and a lot of it is based on, you know, how have they done in the past? What are people saying now? And, you know, a little bit of woo-woo, too, where I just make a wild stab in the dark, which is probably what most people are doing anyway. It seems that way. If you look at those expert picks, it's almost always yeah. that way. Um, it's funny. One of them actually said, you know, this is probably going to be all wrong, so don't don't use this to bet. <laughs> yeah, well, like, look at last year, dude. Nobody had the nobody had the Royals going to the World Series. That's crazy talk. Oh. So No. And they won't again. I don't think so. I think they're gonna do. I think they're gonna fall back to earth. But uh, okay, so your two wild cards are the. Who did you say here? Um, National League cards and Mets. Cards and Mets. All right. In the American League, who you got? American League East. Uh, Sox. All right. 
Uh, the American League Central. Indians. All right, nice. American League West. Uh, let's let's get the A's back into the uh, postseason again. All right. And the two wild cards. Uh, where is it? Oh, okay. Angels, Orioles. Okay, the Angels and the Orioles. All right. And since I don't like the Angels because they're down south there and they're called the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, I'm going to have the Orioles take that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Orioles were very close last year, so, you know, let's give them a chance. Yeah, the Orioles are another sleeper team that, uh, you know, I, I, they're, they're a sleeper team to me. Most people in baseball seem to think they're really good, but I'm always kind of like, I just remember how awful they've been for years, so I can't. Take them seriously. And uh, that one, uh, I think I'm, I'm trailing behind, sort of, kind of, uh, in, in sort of the same way you are, so I have the same feeling about them. Sleeper, sleeper, they're like, you know, people are all over the Orioles. They're wet in their pants. So that's fine. Right, right. Like, I was, I was like, thinking that last night, and then I called up the stat, the, uh, standings from last year, and they won 96 games last year, so they're, they're clearly not a sleeper team. Uh, I got, no. I've been sleeping on them, so, uh, they're, they're pretty exactly. good. <laughs> All right, who you got to uh, win the American League and the National League? Who who you have facing off in the World Series? Um, let's see. I got uh, NLDS: Nationals over Pirates, Dodgers over Cardinals. All Does right. that make sense? Well, you just need, I just need the pennant winner. Whoever wins, whoever comes out of the National League to play in the World Series. Oh, oh, National League to play in the World Series. I'm, I'm going to put Dodgers again. Dodgers, all right. So, yeah, I think they'll get past the Cardinals this time. I fucking hate the Cardinals, dude. Everybody does because people are they worship them and they're and they're a bunch of crybabies. Yeah, they're awful. Yeah, and, and you know what? They're a damn good team, but they, they, they by playing the game right, they're assholes. They're a really good team, but I can't stand them. Yeah, I don't. I hate this. Uh, you know what it is? It's the worship of them and their attitude that irritates a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's Dodgers fans because they kicked them out twice in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and let's see. Um, yeah, ALCS Red Sox over A's. So World Series Dodgers Red Sox. I think that's what I had last year. Uh, let me see. I have your picks here uh, from last year. Let me get them up. So you got the Dodgers versus the Red Sox in the World Series. No, last yeah, year no, last I... year you had Dodgers Rangers. Oh, okay. So this year it's Dodgers Red Sox, and then I put as an afterthought Dodgers over Red Sox in five. All right. So you got Dodgers going all the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I like them. They're my team, and uh, I don't. I don't, it's not like I have this illusion that they're, or disillusion that they're better than they than they are. Right, exactly. They're pretty good. Yeah. It's just I think the problem is, and I think most people agree, and this is what I read everywhere, is the bullpen and how that's going to shake out by buying all these like used arms where some of them might be great and some of them might be garbage. Sometimes um, that works. Sometimes that works. Yeah. Sometimes it works, but we'll see. Maybe they know something we don't. And then, like, the one reliever that sucked for a while and just got better, Brandon League, um, he just went down with an arm injury, and he'll be out for, like, three or four months. So that's going to affect things a little, too. These guys are going to have to step up. We'll see how it goes. And then what do you have for the final score of the All-Star game? Do I have to do a score, or can I do a spread? 
a score. You gotta just say what the score, what's the final score of the All-Star game? What's, what's it gonna be? Who wins? You know, all that. Uh, let's see. National League had a dry spell for a really long time. So let's, let's give them, let's, let's let them win again. And I'll say it's, I'll say it'll be close. It, it'll be, um, National League for American Three. All right. He'll probably kill me when I say this, but I, go rightly. He predicted eleven to six was the final score of the All Star. I was like, "What are you crazy?" <laughs> like this is the All Star. These are All Stars. They're not going to score. No one's going to score eleven runs in the All Star game, dude. When was the last time that happened? I have no idea. We need well, some. Maybe he thinks from the, the year where there's a lot of runs in the All Star game. It's crazy. It's crazy. Clearly, he uh, that probably he, that, he probably pays so little attention to the All Star game. That's probably that's probably why he proved the whole idea. Yeah, right. you, you, you saw what I said on Facebook after he said my I will crush the opposition and my my thing went up. <laughs> All I heard was okay, Criswell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, Fearlessly predict <laughs> eleven to six All Star game. <laughs> <laughs> I told you he had bold. I said he had bold predictions. I said yeah, he had bold I, predictions. I guess I'll see when all this shakes out exactly what he said, because I guess you can't really reveal them during the shows until they're all done and all the results are in. Not the results, but the predictions are in. Yeah, I have. I have. Uh, I haven't even written them down yet. I have them on the on the recording, but uh, yeah, he 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 was as normal as uh, most of the other predictions, though. So there wasn't anything crazy. You know, he doesn't have the yeah. Astros going. To I think the I had a couple little weirdos in there, but I almost had the A's going, and I thought, you know what? They're going to get shut out again. They're going to they're going to die right in the in the championship series, and it'll be close. I bet it'll go to seven. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how they do because they sold off like their whole team. So I don't know if even. Oh, they did. Yeah, they unloaded like everybody that's good. Oh, good. I'm glad I didn't put him in anywhere. Uh, I saw some predictions that they're like ace dude. They're like the 25 year old pitcher they got will um, be a serious Cy Young guy. That's possible. He's been, he's been tearing it up for a while, and I guess he's going to like finally play a full season. That's entirely possible. Well, you do have them winning the AL West, so. Yeah, and uh, that's somebody also said possible. Kershaw isn't going to get the uh, Cy Young again, which I tend to believe because. People are like, why do we have to keep having the same people win? They're gonna get, they get tired of having the same people win. So I don't know if anybody's won three years in a row. I could see John Lester winning it, uh, just based on coming to the National League and the National League Central, which isn't that great. So he probably should have a few easy starts, and he was really good last year. But who knows? I mean, he, that was a contract year, so maybe he's gonna come down to earth. <laughs> yeah, who knows? You never know. Is, is it his? Uh, he moved to where now? The Cubs. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's high expectations for those Cubs, but um, I know. I think they're going to be closer than they ever were. But oh, but they were like a few years ago. Remember that? Uh, it was the Bartman thing, right? Oh yeah, but that was like 12 years ago. Now that was too. Yeah, that was a long time. ago. Yeah. Well, you know what? For the Cubs, it doesn't matter because it's been a hundred over a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, one year, like in 2008 or something, they had like the best record in the National League or something crazy like that, and they fucking blew it like in the. They blew, I think they lost to the Dodgers, like, in the first round, in, like, three yeah, games. Yeah, the Dodgers kind of mopped them up. I remembered that. Yeah, it was like... I mean, it was kind of... Even the Dodgers were kind of, Even the Dodgers fans were kind of stunned. It's like, we beat them that quickly? Holy crap. Yeah. Okay, so that covers the baseball. And so what's going on with you? What's the latest with uh, with your with your stuff? As I said, uh, 
Every every time I go away, I bring Project Beta, but it's like I never have the time to sit down and read on these trips. So next next time, uh, now that the weather's getting nicer, I'm gonna just take a take an afternoon, sit outside, dig back into Project Beta, read it, and we'll do like a new show where we sort of revisit it. Cause it's been like ten years. Jeez, I'd have to read it again. <laughs> you might have to. Yeah, it's been like ten years since you came on the show originally to talk about it. So it's like it has. Oh God. Yeah, I know, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing back then. So I, uh, you know, I might it should be a better. Yeah, well, you I hope. It seemed fine to me. I don't remember it being weird or stilted or anything. I, no, no, no. It was just like probably within the first like five to ten interviews I ever did. So it was just kind of like now I've, right. you know, now I, now I realize like how to. Now you're so slick. Right. Well, I told you that story about, um, oh, shit, now I forgot his name. He passed away. He wrote the book on Harp and like Weather Wars and stuff. Uh, Jerry Smith. Oh, yeah, 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 Jerry. Yeah, right. I told you the story I had him on. It was like the first year I ever did the show, and I was like, he did like the whole his whole bio and everything, and it took like 10 minutes, and yeah, I, I like to let the guest just go. Have and on then, if I've done too many interviews. And he finished, and he was like, it was just dead air for like 10 seconds, and then he was like, now is when you start asking questions. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, okay, man, sorry. You know, because it was my first, like, First year it's a weird this. thing where, you, and you know, it's like, where do you cut in? Right. When do you let people go? When do you, you know, if somebody's getting boring or confusing, when do you cut into that? Because I've had people like Tim Beckley. He'll go on for a while. But it's interesting, so I just let him go. Right, right. That was a great story. Peter Robbins is the same way. He won't go on as much, but if you let him go, he'll tell you great stories. Oh, absolutely. He's Peter really Robbins. a good storyteller. Master storyteller, yeah. And then, you know, on the other hand, there's people that, you know, other people that'll just, like, they'll say something and stop, and you're like, didn't you have more to say about that? Right. So when people do that right at the beginning, I say, look, you don't have to, this isn't like a question-answer thing. We can talk about whatever. So if you if you want to say an aside, if you want to say something bad about somebody or good about somebody or argue with me, that's great. But you don't have to give me a canned answer. I mean, I, we can do that. You can do that on other shows. This one, we're just going to talk about stuff we want to talk about. Exactly. Kind of like this show. So what's going on? Speaking of shows, what's going on with Radio Mysterio? So uh, you've been doing some great shows so far this year, and uh, I presume more are on the way, right? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm planning them. I, I want to try to branch out and talk about some other stuff. Um, but if I don't talk about paranormal stuff, at least most of the time, I don't. You know, that's not what the audience expects. So I'm going to have to. Yeah. Um, I would like to keep talking to people that have a different idea about things or have a are discussing ideas that aren't talked about very much. You know, like uh, like I was telling you earlier, Bruce Duensing that I who I had on a couple shows ago. He what uh, what we talked about was how the human mind perceives things and how that's processed by the human mind by our subconscious. Um, by uh, uh, what cues we get from the culture and how our language affects it. A lot of those things that nobody really talks about. They just talk about things like, you know, this is what it is. But the paranormal is so strange, especially UFO stuff, that if you start making assumptions about it, you've already locked yourself out of, you know, the source, I right. think. Right. That's what we talked about. And, it, you know, it may mean nothing, but I, I think what we talked about was, you know, we're important concepts, and and also, like I said, I had to really pay attention and and think really hard to keep up with him because he's a really smart guy. Um, and I like that. I like when I have to pay attention and keep up with somebody. It means I'm learning, 
And that, that's my favorite part of that show is learning something from somebody or getting getting a boundary push somewhere. Or, yeah. You know, introducing something new that I hadn't thought about or hadn't thought about very much, and then maybe people listening hadn't either. That that's what makes me really happy on the show. So I want to kind of do a little more of that. And you know, Jeremy Vaney and. Um, uh, Jeff Ritzman and Tyler Cokejohn were on, and they talked about Project Core and, you know, interviewing and researching the abduction thing in a little different way. Right. Um, which I thought was a long time coming. And so we had a really good talk about that. And I'd like to spread their, you know, uh, spread a little bit of uh, publicity about what they're doing and things like that. Just people that are trying to change things a little bit. Because that's what I've been whining about, and you have too, been whining about for years. Let's get people that'll do things a little differently right. in small groups, you know. Not not some because Mufon would have never done this. Oh God, um, no, no. But because because it's a bureaucracy, and the smaller the group is, I've got this, you know. And it, it's not a new idea, but the smaller the group is, the more freedom they have to explore something. And it may be a dead end, but it might not be too. You know, so get a person or two or three together and have them, you know, have have them just. Go hog wild on something completely different than anybody else has ever done. They may find nothing, or they may find, you know, the key to understanding some of this weird stuff a little bit better and changing the way we think about it, which is, I think, the only way that the, the phenomenon is going to be move forward, you know, an understanding of it is going to move forward is, is, is being changing our minds about it and maybe most of all being fluid about it, like not being locked into a specific idea, at least, you know, not for longer than a little while, you know? Yeah. Learn from stuff, don't hold on to it, and move on. It's, yeah, we could go on all night about that. We'll, we'll save that. Of course that we for, could. But, yeah, I mean, in general, that's what I I kind of see. The in direction the, of the program, yeah. I don't want to in that direction because it's the only one left that seems to, you know, it, it, why do interviews with people for myself? Why do interviews with them if they're just going to say the same thing they said on another show or say, you know, give us a whole list of, you know, um, sightings or something like that? Uh, well, you know, I could say that about Albert Rosales, but his thing is the humanoids thing, and he talks about humanoid stuff that nobody's talked about and actually probably pisses off a lot of people because it's not little gray aliens. Right. He goes everything from midgets to... Michelin Tire Man to things that look like birds and just all kinds of stuff. All kinds of great things are uh, that kind of you know screw with our idea of what a and quote unquote alien is. Yeah. It's, so that's exciting to me too. Yeah, it's sighting reports, but they're way different. I don't want to hear any more stories about lights in the sky or landing traces or bent waters or. Yeah, or bent waters. It's just not interesting to me anymore. Yeah. Because it's gotten to a place and it doesn't go anywhere. So, you know, what's left? Um, one of the few things left is let's look at how we're looking at it. You know, that's one avenue. Right, so. right. Exactly. Well, like I said, we could talk more about this. I'd love to come back on Radio Mysterioso anytime you'd have me. So we'll have to work something out with that. Okay, well, right now I don't have any guests scheduled specifically for a time, so any Sunday you're free is fine. All right. I've got, you know, three or four people saying, yeah, let's, you know, set it for early April or May or something, but I don't have a specific time from anybody yet, so. All right, I'll let you know, because I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see what's going on with my Sundays here coming up, but once I do that, yeah, well, you got, you know, if you, you talk to people and you're a little bit more connected, I think, in some ways than I am, so it'd be interesting to see what people are talking about, because I read forums occasionally, but not a lot, because, it's like watching TV shows on the paranormal. I'll, re I'll watch for five minutes and go, ah, there's nothing here, and I shut it off. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, some forums are really good, and they get into very esoteric things, and they really interest me, but a lot of them are just kind of like, why don't you realize that the that the aliens are here to help us? Why don't you realize that the government knows everything and that they should reveal it to us? Why don't you, like, I don't know where you found what godlike view you have of things, but how do you know all this stuff for sure? Yeah. Oh, Unless yeah. you do it yourself, then it's kind of hard to convince other people that haven't. So that, there's a quandary there, too. That's just a mess. Well, let's say goodbye to the audience here. Uh, RadioMysterioso.com is where people can check out uh, your stuff, of course. And like I said, folks, if you're not listening to Radio Mysterioso, you're really missing out. Uh, if you like BOA Audio, they're kind of like kinfolk. They're, uh, they're cut from the same cloth. Uh, no commercials, just sort of good old-fashioned jam session-style conversations with a whole host of different paranormal experts. And uh, Greg is the maestro of all that at Radio Mysterioso. So check it out, folks. It's awesome stuff. And thank you for coming back on the show, Greg. Thanks, Tim. I had a lot of fun, as always. Let's see. We'll, we'll see who see who comes out in the end and who who gets the uh, giant um, golden cup. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, batting third here on the 2015 BOA Audio Baseball Special is our dear friend Lauren Coleman. He is the author or co-author or contributor to just a myriad of books. He can tell you the total uh, when we get going, but it's quite a number of books. He's an all-time legend in the field of cryptozoology, of course. He is the proprietor of the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. You can find out more about that at internationalcryptozoologymuseum.com. And as I said, he's an all-time legend in the world of cryptozoology and a dear, dear friend of us here on the program and a hardcore baseball fan and an ardent Boston Red Sox fan. So we, we have a kinship unlike any other guest here in the BOA Audio universe. So it's always good to bring him back on the show. He's actually missed the last couple of baseball specials, so... It's great we've got him back here this year for the 2015 special to talk about all things baseball and get an update on what he's been up to. So welcome back to the show, Lauren. Thank you, Tim. It's good to be back here. And uh, it is snowing here in Portland today, but I do hear that spring is around the corner. Oh, yes. They've and been... this is, uh, you know, still in March. <laughs> yeah, March 30th. That's the that's the problem. Right. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, I've still got I've still got a good well over a foot outside here. It's uh, it's unbelievable. And allegedly they'll uh, be starting the season next Monday. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. I'll I'll be interested to see how far into the season it goes before the snow is actually gone from my yard. This could be like record breaking. But this, uh, the, we're getting ready here for the 2015 season. It's been a really weird uh, three years, four years here for the Red Sox. Uh, you know, uh, worst to first to back to worst. Uh, who knows what they're poised to do this year? I guess just before we even get in, like, what's your, how are you feeling right now? Because I don't know how to feel. I'm, I'm, I haven't watched a lot of spring training games, but uh, I'm hearing some good things. The pitching's still really suspect, but I'm not sure how they're going to fare this year. What, what are your feelings? Well, I, I think they're going to surprise us. I do think that uh, management is very committed to not losing their fan base. Mm. And towards the end of last year, they certainly lost it. The uh, all-time sellout record collapsed, and people started watching other things on TV besides the Red Sox games in the Ness and New England area. Yeah. And I think that they really committed a lot of money, a lot of trades, 
Uh, I think it was fantastic, actually, to see them trade Lester and, uh, you know, all of the pitchers at the end, uh, you know, to the Giants with the, with the old, old pitchers from other places that they'd printed and then they moved them on. And I, I think that really worked because it gave people hope that as opposed to just dwindling away money for another season for a, a pitcher that's going to probably do okay, to really revitalize the team was what they needed. They needed more hitting, and they got that with, the, you know, Mr. Panda Man and all yes. kinds of other people. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the, and then also there's some good pitchers there, you know, and they got, uh, you know, some pitchers that look like they were going to move along anyway. And I, I also think that they're not done. I really do think that they'll try to go for Cole Hamels in probably August whenever uh, you know, they, they need extra boost. So I think that's the whole thing with uh, the Red Sox is that they're not done. They're not giving up. And I really uh, am predicting them to take the division, to take uh, oh, wow. a, the AL East. I think they're going to be that good. I don't think they're going to win the series, and I, I hope that people don't you know, lose faith in them again just because. But I do feel the management's very, I mean, the ownership is very committed hmm. to uh, not having them miss the playoffs again. And I think that's their goal. Now, you're you're a great, you have a great eye for the sort of, uh, the behind-the-scenes sort of machinations of all this. What's your take on, because you said you were happy that they, they traded Lester. What's your take on sort of the debacle of them trying to get Lester back and, you know, the early uh, contract offer that he rebuffed and that, that sort of set up the whole thing that went awry and then they traded him, you know, and they tried, like I said, they tried to bring him back. And it was it just seemed like a big mess and kind of a big PR disaster for them. But other people think that their pursuit of Lester in the offseason was kind of a PR move in and of itself. Well, they, they knew he was eventually they were going to get outbid by the Cubs. So as long as they put in the effort or made it look like they were going out, to try and get him back, then they, they they thought they would look okay. But but what do you what's your take on how it all went down? No, I actually agree with that kind of analysis of it. I don't think they really honestly thought they were going to get Lester back. But I think they owed it to the fans to say, look, we tried, we really didn't want to lose him, and I don't think they really wanted to lose him. But uh, towards the end of the season, when the season was a disaster, they had to. So here here the other. Uh, kind of underlying thing, of course, is that Theo, who was, you know, the general manager at the Red Sox, moves over to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. So he's got an end there. Uh, and it's, you, you see a lot of that going on with the connections to San Diego sometime, the connection to other places where these people move around and they naturally have these relationships. So I think Lester has found a home and and Theo, uh, with the Cubs, really felt he needed to do something. He needed to do something big. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, you keep fans on both coasts, uh, again, in the middle of the country and on the coast, happy. So um, that certainly worked out. And I, I'm, I do think that they really weren't weren't going to get him back, but they tried and actually tried because of the PR, not because of any actuality. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it seemed after it all shook out. Now, you saw they got Hanley Ramirez back. Now, you kind of watched him grow up in the in the farm system there, so you must be, I, I presume you're kind of excited that he's back with the Red Sox and finally going to get a chance to actually play, you know, make a run here with the team. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw him at, uh, at Hadlock here in Portland. He played with the Sea Dogs. And it was really kind of understandable why they did it to get Josh Beckett, hmm. but uh, he was he was a potentially great 
player from the very beginning. So I like to see him back. And I think it actually, he needs a little change of venue because he kind of was losing it. You know, he's one of these guys that gets a reputation, a reputation of being a hothead and then it's kind of hard to shake. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now he seems like, uh, David Ortiz will be his mentor and, and, you know, have Babel over there and, uh, and you kind of have a, a little Hispanic, uh, mentoring system going on with Boston. And I think that's going to help him a lot and calm him down. Right, right, yeah. When they, when they were bringing him in and they, they that was in a lot of the articles that he, that him and Ortiz are like really tight. He's kind of like his mentor. So it, it'll be good that they're together now. I, I think it's going to, I think it's going to work out really well. I'm really, uh, I'm really optimistic about the two, two new signs, yeah. two guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen the Red Sox try the, the Japanese roots with their pitchers and, you know, they get some good ones, but they also make some mistakes. Whereas with the, the Cubans and other Hispanic players tend to really settle down in Boston and, mm. and really produce. And that's kind of always good to watch. Yeah. It'll be exciting to see talking about that. The, uh, the kid they signed, he probably won't be, you know, we probably won't see him in the majors for a couple of years, but I was just amazed. I mean, it's not really luck. It's just. Money and <laughs> how it all shakes out, but I was just amazed and good, by the... good, good scouting, and they do listen to people like David Ortiz, and hmm. who's still watching what's going on in the Dominican Republic. So I think they listen to their players too about who they should be watching and who they should pursue. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting because you know they were saying about this kid that he's like he, if he was just in a regular draft, he'd be the number one overall draft pick. So they, for them just to go out and get what would be a number one draft pick is an awesome turn of events for them. So I was I was thrilled to see uh see that. Hopefully it all pans out with him. Do you think this is sort of off the beaten path a little bit, but given I think the rules have changed, but do you think now we're going to see this whole influx of Cuban players cuz the cuz the diplomacy is sort of thawed between the two countries and maybe it'd be easier for them to get here? Uh I think we might see more of that, but it's still going to cost a lot. So I think that's one of the determining factors is just because, uh, you know, we can get a lot of, uh, Venezuelan players or Dominican Republic players doesn't mean that they have the money to keep shipping them up here. Whereas mm-hmm. Cuban, it's almost as if the forbidden fruit has actually raised the price on some of the Cuban players. Yeah. And now it might actually lower the prices so we might see more competitiveness uh, among the players from Cuba. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because uh, cause just to get them, they you know they had to like escape and then go through all this stuff, and then it became right. like, overbidding on them and everything. Yeah, right. Live for a year in uh, you know Costa Rica or something so they can draft them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all kinds of manipulations occurred, but not not so much anymore. I'm trying to think if uh, so. See, feel good about the pitching for the Red Sox? I I, I, I do. A lot of people are sort of down on them, but uh, the pitching part of it. But I I don't know. I kind of feel like they got a lot of. Guys who kind of want to prove themselves a little bit here. So if if they kind of have the right chemistry and the right, you know, if it all comes together well, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. I think that somebody like Clay Buckholz, who's really felt like a minor actor all the way along, if you get rid of, uh, you know, some of the number one aces that are supposedly in front of him, then he's got to be more responsible. Yeah. And then and then it in, inadvertently increases his confidence. Um, I mean, for all the time that Clay was um, in a minor leaguer and stuff, there was almost the expectation that he was going to fail. And, you know, he'd have the injuries or he'd have the 
no-hitter game, and so it was always hot and cold with him. But I think now you almost get the the fire in the belly is there, and with somebody like him, I think we might see a surprisingly good year out of him. Okay. Now, you said as we began that you have thoughts on the different teams here for your predictions, so we'll go, we'll go right into predictions because I have a feeling okay. we'll, we'll sort of delve into a lot of that rest of baseball, uh, rest of the stuff going on in the league as we get into predictions. So we'll start it out here with the American League East. Who you got? Uh, I definitely have the Red Sox. Uh, will be the surprise winner of the division. Uh, once again, it's it's mostly based upon not any one star, star player, but I think their consistency across a really good team that some good ads have come to. And then also, like I say, I think that uh, the Red Sox, in some ways, like the traditional Yankees, have always been willing to add mid-season to really block some holes up. Yeah. Uh, for the American League Central. Okay, I think I might surprise some people. I'm really going to go with the Tigers. Oh, that I is think. a surprise. Yeah, a lot. Most of the, so far, everybody's kind of uh, kind of given up on them so far on the specials. So uh, yeah. good to see you're still backing them. Okay. Yeah, I think David Price and Sanchez, and the real key here though is Vlad, uh, you know Justin Flander has um, has really been kind of hinting that he's hurt, hmm. um, and uh, that scares me a bit. So maybe the Indians will crawl in there, but I really, I'm going to stick with the Tigers to see if they can do something to win the division. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the window's closing on them, but they, I don't know, they have some pieces there. If they keep Price, you know, they might be able to kind of uh, put a Band-Aid on, on uh, you know, on that uh, before becoming like the Phillies, you know, who are kind of uh, yeah. mired in old, old old guys on big contracts. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, the American League West. Uh, the Mariners. Wow, this is a surprise. Yeah, another surprise for you. Uh, the, I think Seattle has been wanting a winner, the ownership, the fan base, the players, and I think there's something about this year that's really not going to disappoint people. Uh, the Rangers, you know, uh, losing their big Japanese pitcher is going to hurt quite a bit, mm. uh, and they're just dropping to the bottom. So I, I just don't see... You know, there's a lot of other possibilities with uh, the AL West, but uh, some of those may show up in my wild card picks. Uh, there you go. All right. So, th- so what about those wild card picks? Who you got uh, for the two wild cards? Well, number one wild pick, I think, is definitely the Angels. Okay. I think their their aces certainly get a wild card look, and we really shouldn't give up on them. Uh, they always disappoint, I think, quite a bit. But uh, maybe this is the year at least they'll come through it with a wild card. Okay, and wild card two? Uh, White Sox. Wow. Yeah, I think uh, they'll be the surprise off-season winners, adding, uh, you know, LaRoche and Melchior Cabrera and different people like that. Yeah. And really will uh, have really tightened up their middle hitting uh, spots, and that's really going to help them quite a bit. Okay. Um, two two questions coming out of the American League here for you. First, uh, what do you think is going to become of Josh Hamilton? uh Lengthy suspension or or what? Josh who? Josh Hamilton? <laughs> no, I'm, no. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I really think that uh, that there's something about you know there's of course addictive personalities that keep flipping and we we have to be supportive of people and we have to really uh, keep giving them chances. But I think at some point 
his chances are running out, huh. and he, he just keeps doing that. I think they'll have to give him a lengthy suspension, and they'll have to really uh, not give him any more chances than they would anybody else. So oh, yeah. I, I don't think it's – and I think that's going to disappoint him. He's going to be upset. And deep down below all of that, there seems to be some kind of anger. And he, you know, really tries to work it out with the alcoholism. But I'm hoping he really needs to just maybe take a break and look at where he's going. Yeah. I think re- retirement actually might be a surprise out of all of this. Oh, wow. That would be a surprise, but I could see that definitely, yeah, actually. Um, and the other, the only other thing I was going to ask you about coming out of the American League is, uh, based on these predictions here, no love for the Orioles. Because uh, I was kind of waxing no, I, about it with uh, Bishop. You know, I, I feel like I overlook them consistently the last couple of years. Uh, but but you you don't have much. Uh, you don't think they're going to do much this year, or at least they're not going to get in the playoffs. I think they're going to probably do better than the Yankees, and that's going to surprise a lot of people. But I don't think they're. I just don't think they're going to do well enough to um, to be in any of the wild card. Um, yeah. I really do like the Orioles. I you know I actually rooted for them at the end of last year. Mostly because of one player, the uh, utility player Ryan Flaherty, mm. is a is a Portland native, and uh, you know he's sort of their good luck charm. Whenever they somebody else goes down, they bring in Ryan Flaherty at second base or third base or yeah. outfield. Uh, but you can't play a whole bunch of games with a bunch of utility players, and they they just don't seem to pull it together at, at the end. Yeah. Okay. Those are my two uh, two uh, things I want to ask you about with the American League. All right, so now into the National League. National League East, we got National League East. I'm seeing the Nationals. Uh, the Nationals, I think, have good bats, good pitching, and uh, you know, adding good old Matt Scherzer. Uh, if there's no injuries, they will not uh, go away, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I see the Nationals as being really powerful this year. Yeah, they seem they're poised. They're definitely poised yeah. uh, for for a real good run. Uh, National League Central. Um, you know, don't yawn, but I think it's going to be the Cardinals again. Just they're a good rotation, good coaching team, a good outlook on, and that they really can outlast the rest of their division. That division just doesn't seem too strong in the Central. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think the Cardinals will get it. Okay, uh, National League West. Nationally West, the Dodgers. I, I hope Mr. Bishop is happy. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they've added, uh, what, Howie Kendrick and Jimmy Rollins and, you know, different other people that is really going to hit, help them hit quite well. And I think they're a solid team with uh, good ownership, uh, you know, all the stars and all the Illuminati from the West. So oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they've got it together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the two nationally wild cards. Well, I think one of them is definitely going to be the Padres. Okay. And I think the, the Padres with Shields and Matt Kemp and Justin Upton being added really at least improves them enough to get a wild card berth. And, and the Padres are, are one of those teams that's sort of been in the background and, and really kind of need to push. Yeah. So. Absolutely, yeah. And the uh, the other National League wild card? Well, my, my nod to the other National League wild card is going to – the winners of the Back to the Future 2015 World Series, that would be the Cubs. Ah, I, don't think okay. I don't think they're going to go very far, but I think they're going to do well enough to win a wild card berth. And, of course, in Back to the Future 2 in the year 2015, they did win the World Series in nine, 
which you and I know is impossible considering the present rules. Mm. But uh, Joe Madden and John Lester are going to push them up just enough to do a little bit better in the past. But it's an extremely young pitching staff, too young, I think, to actually make the movie fiction into a film reality, so uh, into baseball reality, I should say. Yeah. So they're going to do well, but they're not going to do as well as uh, some people are hoping. But I think we're going to hear about them because that's such a iconic movie. You know, we're going to see clips about the Cubs winning the World Series and all of that. But I don't, I don't see them being in the World Series at all. Okay. Well, you hit the two teams I was going to ask you about because I, I was going to ask about the Padres and the Cubs. So you nailed those two. So, uh, yeah, like, there wasn't anything. There wasn't really. I'm not a big, you know, I'm an American League guy, so I don't really follow right. the National League as much as uh, as most people do. So, uh, yeah, I don't have too much questions about that. I think I think uh, we nailed all the teams worth talking about. I think. Um, so, who do you have facing off in the World Series? The American League champs and the National League champs. I have the Mariners versus the Nationals, and the Nationals winning it. Wow. All right. Nice. <laughs> I like this. Move, huh? Yeah, I like this. I like this. All right. So you have the Mariners. Am I, am I the only one so far saying the Nationals? I believe so. I think Adam Gorelli has the Orioles over the Nationals. But, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. But no one's, as you can imagine, no one's gone with the Mariners yet. So that's a... That's a good pick, though. Now, we have one final thing we added in this year because uh, to try and break up the log jam a little bit in the standings uh, at the end of the year, we have a, I threw in an additional tiebreaker, and that is what do you think the final score of the All-Star game will be? Oh, my goodness. Uh, final score, score though. Uh, I'm going to go 5-3 uh, to three with the National League winning. Okay. That at least adds yeah. some extra points into the mix that we can use to yeah. break up ties and stuff. So, well, that's that's a good good one. It's one you really can't research. <laughs> exactly right, right. It's sort of the perfect tiebreaker thing because well, you know, I was talking yeah. about you know, there's other things you could do like Cy Young, but who knows? Nobody might get that. Then it's worthless. So at least we know they're going to play the the All Star game, so we can. Uh, Unless there's an earthquake or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to figure out the scenario about. How could there be nine World Series games this, you know, this year to get make it? Because uh, the headline in the paper is Cubs win in five. Yeah, and that would have had to have been because one of a tie game or an earthquake or something like that. So maybe something phenomenal is going to happen in the World Series this year. That would be amazing. Did you have any thoughts? Uh, last baseball question. Do you have any thoughts? Because as I said, you're you're a student of the game and everything, just like I am. Um, do you have any thoughts on the new commissioner at all? It's kind of like it's, it's like a it's like a new pope. It's so de- so long between administrations. It's kind of amazing uh, to see to see the change. But uh, I don't know if we'll really see any tangible changes. But what do you think? I think that there'll be a lot of pressure on the new commissioner to do things like shorten the game and uh, you know do more uh, instant replay. In other words, stuff that the old commissioner didn't really want to deal with too deeply. Yeah. So, so I think that we may have a commissioner that's in there for two years. It may be a, a short pope. Oh uh, wow, that would be poison interesting. In, poison in the middle of the night or something. <laughs> 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 you know, like, like they do over there in the Vatican sometimes. Oh yeah. So, so I, I think it's it's a person that's a transitional individual. Yeah. Not. Not that's going to be there for a long time, and 
to try to deal with the new realities of new technology. But I think that uh, the one thing that I think they're going to have to realistically look at is are they going to have a DH uh, in both leagues? Because, you know, it's a strong union and everything. It's a way to keep on old players and yeah. old contracts. But uh, I, I like the division. I like the, you know, I'm a traditionalist. I like some of the old rules. And I hope they don't try to manipulate the game so much to make it so fast. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes the baseball talk. What's uh, what's going on with you? What do you, what do you got to plug? What have you been working on? I think we had you on the show last uh, September, October. So it's been about nine months or so. So, uh, you know, what's what's the prognosis here for 2015 for Lauren Coleman? Well, it, it seems like there's lots of little, you know, I'll be going to Nova Scotia to give a talk and going to Chicago and doing all these little things as I always do. But additionally, um, going to setting up and doing a conference, a rather large conference on international cryptozoology in January of next year in St. Augustine, Florida. And St. Augustine is a really nice venue for the museum to put on something in January. The winters have been so hard up here, and uh, it's just a way to get people all coming together in a subtropic area that will be a fun. And, and of course, in 1896, that's when the giant octopus came ashore in St. Augustine, Florida. But we've also discovered a lot of other unique things, like uh, Marineland down there is the site where they filmed the movie Creature from the Black Lagoon. And Creature from the Black Lagoon was actually inspired by the discovery of the coelacanth, which is our logo animal. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of little connections. Also, the movie happened to be the first time that Clint Eastwood was in a movie, so that's kind of oh. little trivia trivia yeah. things. Uh, so that's that's fun, and we're also this summer, from July through December at the museum, we're going to have on loan from the Museum of the Weird in Austin, Texas. We're having Minnesota Iceman. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah. So that's going to be fun too. Oh, I'm making the trip up to check that out. Absolutely, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Good, good. That'll be good. Yeah, you should uh, come up, and we'll go to a baseball game game too to see the. See the sea dogs. I definitely will. I definitely will. I keep saying that every time I talk to you, but I promise this time I will. I, I, you know. I, I, okay. Well, like I said, we talked September, October. I think it's been snowing since then. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. So now that the, now that allegedly the snow is going to stop, I'll be able to make a trip finally and uh, and, and return. I was actually at the. Uh, I was there like a couple of days after you guys first opened, way back uh, after the infamous Mass Monster Mash. So. It's been, right, it's been right. A long 2009. Time. Yes. Yeah. When we did those interviews outside in the cold of, in that Monster Mash building. That oh, was, I'll just uh, never forget. It was when the Red Sox played the Rays in the uh, American League Championship, and you and I snuck off to where the <laughs> right to where the uh, you know I don't even know what they are the Friars or whatever the Friars Club you know wherever they got to hang out the little bar they had inside the building, and you and I were snuck that, off yeah. in the middle of the conference to watch the American <laughs> League Championship. That's one story I'll never forget. Um, of course, uh, internationalcryptozoologymuseum.com is the website. It is the International Cryptozoology Museum. If you haven't checked it out, folks, it's outstanding. It's, it's garnered so much national attention. It's really, uh, it's uh, I'm just like I, every time I talk to you, I'm just so happy for you with the success of this museum. So I hope folks do check it out and uh, stay tuned to find out more what's going on with Lauren Coleman. Thank you, Tim, and you have a good time and best of luck for you there in Massachusetts. Thank you, my friend. 
You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, batting cleanup here on the 2015 BOA Audio Baseball Special is the man who has a share of the 2014 championship alongside me and Red Sun Superman. We had a we had a bottleneck last year uh, with the three of us tying for the championship, but he has claimed a share of the title alongside, as I said, me and Red Sun Superman. And by virtue of that, he and I become the first two-time champions. So historic all the way around. And uh, he had an even better October than anybody, I guess, except for Adam Go Rightly, because. Uh, he got to experience quite the remarkable playoff run for his Kansas City Royals, which is even more remarkable in a sense because uh, obviously they were toiling in futility for decades. But just on this show, we spent years talking about if they were ever going to break through. It just seemed like we were beating a dead horse every year on the baseball special. It was like, what's going on with the Royals? Are they going to finally get it together this year? And, and, and they finally got it together last year in an amazing run. So he was just on the show a couple of weeks ago. We talked a little bit baseball then. But I knew we were going to be taping the segment uh, today, so I didn't want to get too much into it. So now we are free to discuss baseball. Welcome back to the baseball special, Jason. Congrats on your share of the championship and uh, the amazing Kansas City Royals run. Well, thank you, uh, fellow champion. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think that you mentioned this when I was on the show the, the last time, that we were in, in, uh, in, in really close, uh, you know, contact during the Royals run, uh, basically sometimes play-by-play. Yes, yes. The, uh, like I said, we had some amazing exchanges, uh, but, but they would make no sense to anyone looking at them now, because as you said on the show, it was like, country breakfast! What's Ned Yost doing? That was like the... <laughs> yes, we, you were trying to get me to name my, uh, my, uh, my daughter, Ned or, or Yost. Just Yost, yeah. Yes, yeah. It's an honorary. It'll be an honorary nickname. But, uh, yeah, what were your... I, and it's funny, because in a way, uh, we, 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 we were like, Texting, whatever you call it, on Facebook, messaging back and forth, like throughout the entire month of October, because the, the the playoffs, you know, it's like four games a week. It's crazy. So you know, every every night, uh, like at seven o'clock, I'd be like, pull up my iPad. I'd be like, all right, bro, you ready to do this? And it was just, it just kept getting crazier and crazier and crazier. So I guess, like, what were your thoughts as it unfolded? I gotta say that wild card game where they came back and won uh, against the A's. With the exception of, you know, those miraculous Red Sox playoff runs uh, from this past decade or whatever. But beyond any Red Sox game, that was like the best baseball game I think I've ever seen. It was just so, just so remarkable, so magical, that, that uh, wild card game. But, uh, you know, what, I guess what were your thoughts on the whole run in general? What were you thinking? Well, and it was, it's, that, that game kind of set everything up because it was like, okay, they had the Royals. It was nice to see them in the playoffs. Finally, since 1985. They were finally in the playoffs again, even if it was the wild card game. They're going to end up losing this thing. Oh, wait, wait a second. No, at the very end. No, they didn't, they didn't lose. They, they, they won. And, you know, about every game for me, it was like that. It was like, oh, they're going to lose this day. They got to lose this time. And then it became, what, who's going to step up? What are they going to do to win this game? After a while, I was thinking, they're not going to lose. Yeah. But they're just going to win a different way. And, and that's generally what happened. Yeah, it was crazy. They were they won a nine a nine straight game winning streak. They won nine straight before the World Series. Uh, it was it was absolutely insane. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, it was really remarkable. Uh, you know, and even as I said, when the when the World Series ended, it was like they were even into it down down to the very last dude on at bat. You know, like that guy on third 
Well, what do you think of that? Uh, Gordon was the was the guy. He he had sort of a a funky hit past the outfielder. He managed to get to third. Do you think he could have made it? Do you think he should have gone for it, or or what? Uh, if if it would have been if it would have been uh, one of our burners, maybe. But I you know Gordon Gordon. I mean he was he's, he would have gotten thrown out. I mean yeah. I really think he would have. But then again, you know, should he have tried? Maybe. Yeah. Do people I mean, debate that? Retros- yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, well, actually, I just saw it in a recent article on uh, um, about yeah. about the Royals, and that was the discussion. Should he should he have gone? Yeah. Well, you know, it's tough because if you go and you get thrown out, you're like kind of a goat forever. So it's you know it's a tough. But I guess if you make it, you're a hero forever. So who knows? But that just would have tied the game. So who knows what would have? Uh, who knows how it would have gone down? But there's some solace in all this for you and I, because manager of the American League All-Star team, Ned Yost. Yeah, and that's something that uh, since he's been hired, I never thought I'd hear. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. There's something I don't know. There's something fun about that guy, but he's also maddening. But it was it was fun watching the whole thing unfold. Oh, I mean, this guy's been absolutely maddening for for Royals fans because I mean. <laughs> The, he he plays he plays pretty old school huh. uh, baseball, which I mean isn't done anymore. And it's like okay, uh, running joke with with me and my friends. It's like okay, it's first inning. Got uh, got the number one batter up. Yost is going to tell him to bunt. Okay, yeah. hasn't happened yet, but uh, it very very well could. It's yeah. It's uh, he's a he's a he's an enigma. He's an enigma. He's he's quite the character. Um, now. Some some departures from the team now uh, this year uh, after the run. Who, who's now? I know Butler's gone. Country Breakfast is gone. He got Country a big breakfast deal. Is, yeah, he got a big crying. deal to, to the A's, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. He's gone. Uh, James Shields is gone. Yeah, those are like the two big uh, big departures. Yeah, uh, the the two the, yeah the two big one and, and Shields was rock solid the entire season. He was not impressive in the playoffs whatsoever, and we picked up to fill his place. Uh, Edinson, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name. Volquez? Yeah, Volquez, Volquez, something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I don't know. We'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll see how that works out. I'm, they're banking on, on the young arms we've got. So, uh, yeah, just <laughs> cross, cross some fingers and, and, uh, I mean, we've kept the bullpen. Hmm. That's key, uh, yeah. Which, which was absolutely key. Cause once, you know, once the, uh, well, especially during the playoffs, once we got to the eighth inning, and we were ahead by a run, you know, it was like, okay, we've won the game. Hmm. We've nope. won the game because, because of, um, you know, our, our, our two setup guys and, and, and our closer, I mean, they were, they were just lights out. Now, what, what became of the kid, uh, in the playoffs? He had pitched in like the college world series. They, they, you know, he moved up so fast that he was pitching in the playoffs for the Royals. I forget his name. Finnegan. Yes. Is he a starter now or is he going to stay in the bullpen? You know what? And I should, uh, I haven't been paying as, as much attention to, uh, to, to spring training as I should have. Um, yeah, a buddy of mine who lives in Florida who sends me pictures almost every day on Facebook of him drinking beer at a freaking baseball game. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that before spring training, that was one of the things they talked about was, was making this kid a starter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not seeing, uh, yeah, there's no, no, there's nothing on his Wikipedia about it yet, yet, so who knows. But, uh, yeah, he should be a star, but he was amazing. That was, uh, 
That was another thing where you're like, what is, this is crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great story because this guy, all of a sudden, he's pitching in, in the playoffs in the World Series, and I'm like, who the hell is this kid? And yeah, he just uh, he just pitched in the college World Series, and now he's in uh, you know in the big show. That was pretty pretty cool. And you, you know, it's neat too watching you know because I kind of like adopted the Royals in the October, so you get to know all these players as it goes on. Uh, you know, the who's uh, so is, is your is uh, Ventura? That's kind of like their ace now. That guy's amazing. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I, I guess it now at this, at this point. I guess since, number uh, one, maybe not. Yeah. Gone, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he was 21. He's, I don't know when he turns 22. He probably already has, but yeah, the guy throws, uh, you know, throws, throws over 100 miles an hour and he can do it, you know, in the eighth inning as well as, you know, the first inning. So he's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's something else. He's something else. But I'll be interested, um, you know, before we get into the predictions, how are you feeling though about the team now? Cause it's like, are they, are they due for a, you know, are they due to uh, sort of come back down to earth, regress, or do you think like uh, that maybe now they've they've kind of got got the got the bug, I guess you could say, of uh, of, of winning? Uh, I there are a number of good there are a number of things that I really really uh, really like about the Royals this year. One of them is that nobody is picking them <laughs> at all. <laughs> they're they're picking them to to finish fourth behind the behind the Tigers, Indians, and White Sox, which. I don't really see that. That's number one, and and number two, they've been making been making strides. One of the things that made the the Royals back in the seventies and eighties such a powerful team was they had an absolutely amazing farm system, and they were just able to to reload, reload, reload. We got away from that for quite a long time, yeah. and our uh, manager Dayton Moore was the number two guy for John Sherholtz down in Atlanta. And Sherholtz was responsible for putting uh, the Royals farm farm club down, or farm club, um, you know, get, getting it how it was back in the 70s and 80s. So this guy is one from Kansas City, Dayton Moore, and he learned from John Sherholtz. So we've been waiting here in Kansas City for for the the, the farm farm clubs to to start feeding the the Royals, you know, quality players, and that's finally finally started to happen. So. I'm thinking this has a more long-term effect. I'm hoping this has a more long-term effect than uh, than, than what the, the national pundits are, are, are saying. So, yeah, I've, I've got the Royals doing doing things in the postseason this year. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, it stands to reason. I mean, uh, they're still a good team, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I yeah, have- and I, by the way, I mentioned John Sherholtz. I'm not sure if I ever talked about this on a, on a baseball special before, but um, I was. Going to cover the Royals uh, for for a newspaper, and uh, the photographer and I had a few beers on the way up, and I spilled one all over my shirt. <laughs> and, and and we get get to the stadium, and my press credentials aren't there, so they send me up to Sher- John Sherholt's office to uh, to get my press credentials. So here I am. I know I've got a just reek of beer. I, the guy gives it to me anyway. Good for him. He's a good man. Nice. Yeah, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. What was it? Was he the president at the time? How was what was his role? He, he, he was uh, was he a GM, GM or assistant GM? I don't remember. He was. I'm surprised yeah. they just let you go up there to see him. It's like, jeez. Yeah, this was the seventies. Ah, all right. There you go. Yeah. Not the seventies. I mean the the eighties. Yeah, I'm not that old. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, it was a it was a magical run. I, I have a lot of uh, a lot of great memories from that. 
from that period. So, and it's like I said, they were down to the last at bat. You really can't complain about that. I mean, you, you obviously you want them to win, but if they're going to lose, like they lost in the best possible way, I suppose. You know, down to the very last at bat. So, and I can say this uh, for the first time since 1985, that World Series made me not embarrassed to be a Royal fan. Nice. Because you're 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 right. They were in the in the thing up until the uh, up until the last the last out. So that was that was just really nice. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. What, what do you think of these rule changes? Where they you know they're trying to speed up the game. They're doing a lot of stuff to. Uh, they're making these really uh, arcane rules. You know, batter can't step out of the box, or else uh, you know I don't know why he's going to get fined, which seems stupid anyway. But you know, do you, it, 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 we was talking about this with Bishop. It's like. They're trying to appeal to the people that don't even like baseball in the first place. It seems kind of stupid because the baseball fans are like, just leave it alone, dude. Just leave it alone. But they're like, no, 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 we got to shorten the games. we got to shorten the games. So, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on all that? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you. Yeah, they're trying to do something to, to attract fans. Um, well, here's, the, here's, here's, here's the issue. And this, this happened with, with football. I mean, baseball was the sport. Up probably until up until the 90s, it was probably the uh, the the nation's sport ever since you know ever since the uh, ever since Babe Ruth came along. Right. And then football took over the NFL, uh, and the NFL up, uh, appeals to, to to people who aren't hardcore football fans. And I guess baseball's finally getting around to saying, well, what can we do to attract people who aren't fans? Well, I mean, being a long time baseball fan, I don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> I don't care. I'm I, I'm really a traditionalist when it comes to rules, and uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still pissed off at the uh, at the AL designated hitter rule. And when was that in effect? Seventy three. Yeah. Yeah. I was what eight years old. It's still I'm still mad about that. So I mean, any 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 rule changes? Yeah, I'm I, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty much against it. I mean, because because they can change the dynamics. I mean, just just raising lowering the the pitcher's mound changes changes the dynamics of right. the game. Yeah, that's the, that's what Ortiz was saying. You know, because he he, had, he came out against these rules. It's like the batter has, has to keep one foot in the box at all times. But there's no rules like changes for the pitchers, so it's already messing with the dynamic of of the pitcher batter exchange. So the batter has to have a pivot foot. <laughs> I guess it? so, yeah. It's like basketball. You're going to be traveling. They're going to be called for traveling if they step out of the box. And the crazy thing is, it's like, dude, you're never going to get the football fans because, like, part of the appeal of football, probably mo- a lot of the appeal of football, is the ex- insane excessive violence. It's like it's just it's not going to happen in baseball unless there's, you know, unless they surreptitiously sort of, like, encourage more fights, which they're not going to do. But, you know, otherwise, I, you're never really going to get – get that sort of uh, fan base appeal. It's like people watch football to watch people get killed. That doesn't happen right. in baseball. Exactly. I mean, and, and if you have a sport that does that, I mean, I'll, I'll watch hockey because it's a violent sport. Uh, I will, on SportsCenter, I will watch a NASCAR clip if it's if it's a rollover or something catches on fire. Yeah. Okay, because I want to see the violence. I want to, I want to see the danger. And, yeah, you're not going to get that in, in, in baseball unless they, you know, lose helmets and make uh, players not wear a cup. Right, right. It's just not. Uh, it's not going to happen. All right, it's time for predictions here. See if you can hold on to the championship, uh, your share of the championship, or just claim it outright. We've got a, a slight twist this year, an additional category, an additional prediction pivot point here uh, to try and eliminate any chances of a, of a multiple tie again. So I'll, 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 I can tell you that now if you want, because it's not that big a deal. So 
No, I want you to wait till the very end uh, to, to hit me with the rule change. After you know, I've already bitched about rule changes. It's just an addition. It's not a rule change. So okay, the rules are still the same as always. You get points for the pick. Uh, that's it. <laughs> it's as right. simple as it gets. And dude, like, you know, we give each other all this grief on this, on, with the predictions and shit, but it's like, dude, they, I think Deadspin, like, looked at all the predictions for the 2014 season from all the sites and all the experts, and it's like, no one had the Royals in the World Series. So, you know, but we, you could spend, you could, you could be a professional baseball reporter and and be just as wrong as we are on these. So that's what makes it fun. Or, in the case of us, just as right. Exactly. All right, so we'll start in the American League East. Who you got? I have Boston. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I figured that would sound good to you. Oh, of course. Of course. Now, as I, I don't know if I was saying it to you or Lauren, because I literally like, just got off the phone with Lauren, but I haven't made my picks yet, so I will tonight, I think. Uh, so I'm still on the fence about a few few of these things. Gotta really tap into my gut. But uh I don't know how I feel yet about the Red Sox this season. Some people think they're gonna be really good, some people think they're gonna kinda tread water, so we'll see. But you got I the, think the players they think they say they should allow the players to start drinking beer in the in the in the dugout again. That would be great. Then there would be more fights probably. There would be. Um American League Central, who you got? Uh Detroit. All right. I mean, we've got people who picked the Indians and the White, or the White Sox to finish first in the AL Central, and I, I just, I absolutely don't see it. But yeah, I'm going, going with Detroit. I, I agree, cause I saw an article, uh, this weekend, it was like, uh, the, like, you know, that the Indians are, suggesting that the Indians are poised to, uh, to make a run. It's like, I don't see it, dude. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't even know, I know they had a Cy Young winner, but when he won the Cy Young, I was like, who is this guy? I've never even heard of him. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm, over, I'm overlooking the Indians big time. Well, I think these, I think the uh, the authors of of these articles where they pick the Indians probably just got finished, you know, with a, like a major league marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, it's like you know, it's like March 27th, 28th, and they're like, well, I still got 10 days till the baseball season starts. So who can I? Who can I write about now? What can I possibly write about now? So they're, they're probably just grasping at straws. But you've got the Tigers here in the Central. Who do you have for the American League West? Uh, the Angels. All right. That's a safe pick. Yeah. He's going with some powerhouse teams here, folks. Uh, American League Wild Card uh, 1 and 2. We'll just do them together. Uh, wild Card 1, I'm going to do the Kansas City Royals. There you go. Going for a little Wild Card Magic again. And uh, the Oakland A's. Okay. Nice. So same same wild card showdown. Yeah. All right. Nice. National League East. Uh, National League East, then uh, the Nationals. All right. So far, I think everybody across the board's got the Nationals. Uh, Central National League Central. Uh, St. Louis. All right. National League West. Los Angeles. All right. National League Wild Card uh, One and Two. Uh. The number one Pirates and Mets, number two. Nice. All right. Is that just a gut move, or do you have any sort of inclination that the uh, that the Mets might do something? That's no, that's just a gut move. Okay. They have really good pitching, I guess, but they're another team. I was saying to Lauren just now, it's like I just don't, 
I'm an, I'm an American League guy. I can't keep track of like the National League that well. I mean, I follow it. I keep an eye on the standings and stuff, but it's like, you know, all I know really is like the Rockies stink. Yeah. <laughs> well, Diamondbacks aren't too good either. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. With you. I'm, an, I'm an American League guy, so I pay a lot more attention to them than I do the National League. Yeah. Uh, okay, so who do you have facing off in the World Series? Your, your AL champs and your NL champs. All right, and you know what? People are going to laugh. They're going to scoff. But the Royals went to the World Series last year. I'm going to pick them every year on the baseball special until they win the damn thing. Nice. Wow. He's, he's bold here, folks. I like Royals it. are going to defeat the Dodgers in the World Series. Nice, nice. It's like an all-blue World Series. Well, an all-blue World Series, and the, the, the home uniforms for both teams are going to look exactly the same. Mm. People aren't going to know who the hell's playing who. Nice. The Dodgers playing the Dodgers? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna, that's, that's it. All right, so you got the Royals winning the American League, the Dodgers winning the National League, and the Royals winning the World Series. Yes. All right, and now for our new historic new tiebreaker uh, prediction, what will be the final score of the All-Star game? Oh, the All-Star game is going to be 12-8 uh, to 8 American League. Wow, okay. That's high. That is a very high score. I know? gave Adam Gorelli grief for saying 11-6, to 6, so I'm bound by car- <laughs> karmic law to give you grief on that. How are they going to score 12 12- points? All right. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You know, I didn't know uh, Go Rightly, uh, you know, picked that. But if I knew he did, I still would have gone twelve to eight because I'm viewing this as, uh, uh, you know, viewing this as, as uh, what Price is Right. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Okay, so hopefully that that new that new additional uh, layer of prediction will help us. Settle all these bottlenecks that we get every year. So, but but based on the predictions so far, we're all over uh, we're all over the map. So I'm not expecting too many too many ties this year. But we'll see what happens. Now you were just on BOA, but plug your stuff anyway, so people can uh, can find out more about where uh, where they can get stuff. You got an author page on Facebook. That's kind of your hub uh, where people can find you. So they just want to punch in uh Jason Offit on Facebook, Jason Offit Offer. Ah, Jesus. Uh, yeah, J- Jason Offit uh, O F F U T T author on Facebook. There you go. That'll that'll get him there. Um uh, also uh, all my works available at Amazon. Uh, my two latest uh, I've got a, a humor novel um uh called A Funeral Story that came out in December and a uh Parody survival mo- uh, novel, or not novel, but it's a parody survival guidebook called How to Kill Monsters mm-hmm. using um, common household items. Uh, came out in January. Nice, yeah. Like I said, we just had you on the show uh, recently. I'll do a little behind the scenes thing here because uh, I felt like so bad. I had you on the show Thursday, uh, a Thursday, and you you had you had sort of like inadvertently led us into that Dyatlov Pass episode. So that night. I sat down, sort of, uh, was getting ready to get the Dyatlov Pass episode going, and I, I turned it on, and like the first five minutes was this just chaotic uh, audio disaster. And I was like so, because I knew it was such a great show, I was like so down that I like stepped away from the computer for like three days. That's why it took so long to get your show posted to BOA proper, because I was like, I don't even want to be near a computer. I hate computers, I, you know. This this show was ruined by audio problems, and I really loved this Dyatlov Pass show. But thankfully, I finally sat down and and uh, and fixed it up. So that that's why it took us a few days to get your show uh, posted to be away proper. 
Well, that's right. I think uh, you know, everything worked fine, and, and uh, I love the, the, the Outlaw Pass uh, interview. Uh, the audio problems were just the first couple of minutes, and then everything was smooth sailing after that. And it was a terrific interview. Yeah, it was good. It was good. People should check that book out, too. It's amazing. All right, man. Well, that's it. Thanks for coming on the show again. Uh, in such short notice, such uh, short time since the last time, but we'll, we'll have you back. No worries. How's, the, how's everything else going? Good? Yeah, every, everything else is it's going terrific. Just uh, just had uh, spring break, so I got a got a week off work and got uh, four more weeks left of the semester, uh, and then I got summer. So nice, yeah. nice. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for coming back on the baseball show. Good luck uh, this year in 2015, and I'll be watching the Royals. Uh, you know, I'll be keeping an eye on them this year. All right, all right. Well, terrific, terrific, and hopefully we can have uh, have another uh, messaging chat during their playoff run next year. Absolutely, that would be fun. Yeah, I just, uh, just, just, just want to throw this, throw this out, uh, uh, a challenge that that go rightly because he was getting really cocky uh, <laughs> talking about the baseball special on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, so that's that's my goal is at least this year is to take go rightly down. There you go. All right, nice, nice. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming back on the show. All right, Tim. Talk to you later. You too, bud. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next segment here on the 2015 BOA Audio Baseball Special. Batting fifth in the lineup this year is a man who he came from, I guess you could say, like the AAA affiliate of the uh, baseball special. He came from the forum Won the forum contest uh, a couple years ago, ended up on the special, and then last year ended up with a portion of the championship, one-third of the championship, alongside myself and Jason Offit. Of course, I'm talking about the beloved Red Sun Superman. He's kind of a cult figure in the uh, in the world of BOA Audio. Most folks know who he is. He's been on the Lost cast. He's now been on the baseball special a couple times, and he's uh, back to discuss baseball and to see if he can get his mitts around the championship all for himself this year. So welcome back to the show, RSS. Congrats on uh, your share of the championship. Yeah, thanks. I, uh, I definitely want to uh, win it outright. I don't like ties. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, try, we'll try and keep it to ourselves this, uh, this next year. All right. Sounds good. Well, so far the uh, the predictions are all across the board pretty much. So it's uh, – I don't know. It's looking like we probably won't have any ties this year, but as I said before we started, we got a special tiebreaker uh, section here, tiebreaker question that'll uh, hopefully at least break up some of the logjam. But before we get into predictions, what's going on with your Detroit Tigers? Today I saw that uh, Justin Verlander is going on the disabled list, but I guess he's going to be okay by the sixth game of the, of the season or something, so it can't be that bad. But uh, what's going on with him? What's going on with the Tigers? There's a lot of debate, you know, is the window closing on them, or are they going to sort of uh, refresh and be better, uh, you know, going forward? What's going on? Give me give me your assessment here of the Detroit Tigers uh, in 2015. Well, it's definitely a concern that uh, two, of the, two of the key uh, pieces of their uh, pitching staff went on the DL today. Not only, not only Justin Verlander, but uh, Bruce Rondon, who missed all of last season recovering from Tommy John surgery. Uh, now, um, now he's dealing with, uh, some tendonitis, uh, which I guess is probably normal if you 
um, are throwing sliders uh, in spring training and you haven't pitched in a year. Um, they're, they're, they're trying to say it's no big deal. Uh, same with Verlander. He's technically uh, he's missing a start, but he'll be back for the, uh, I guess, the series against Cleveland. So it's not that big of a deal, I guess, uh, if he only misses one start. Um, obviously, they lost Max Scherzer. Uh, that's, that's a huge blow to the pitching staff. Uh, Rick Porcello uh, is gone as well. And uh, so there's it's like a new look with the pitching staff. Uh, they've got uh, Alfredo Simon, who I guess they call Big Pasta. And, oh, God, because uh, his name's Alfredo. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and then uh, Shane Green from the Yankees. Uh, those are the new four and four and five uh, starters. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then they got uh, Jonas uh, Cespedes. Uh, so he's gonna, I think he's gonna, you know, really, uh, help bolster the, uh, the lineup. Uh, you still have, uh, you know, Ian Kinsler, Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez, and, and now, uh, Cespedes, and then JD Martinez. So, still a really potent lineup, uh, and, uh, they got, uh, Anthony Ghost from the Cardinals. To be the new center fielder, and uh, he's he's pretty amazing. Uh, uh, if you've watched any games in the spring, he, he can pretty much run down anything in the outfield. So, All right. uh, so he had some speed. Apparently, he can't doesn't prove he can hit yet. So, uh, so that's one issue. But if he does get on base, uh, you know, he, he he's a threat to steal at any time. So, um, so it's 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 and the bullpen never really got addressed. Joe Nathan is still the closer. No, he's terrible, a dude. In, uh, a lot of people in Detroit think that. Well, here's the thing: a lot of people in Detroit think that that uh, Joaquin Soria, who's going to start off as the eighth inning setup guy, will probably end up being the closer after about a month. So yeah. Um, so there's a contingency plan there, at least that uh, Soria is a proven closer in the big leagues and. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of weird. They didn't really go out and get any big names for the bullpen. It's always been a thorn in the side of the Tiger fans. Uh, the bullpen's always been a Achilles heel, and it will continue to be, but at least they have Soria. So. Yeah. All right. All right. And you didn't even mention the guy. Yeah, that's the state of the Tigers. What's that? That's the state of the Tigers. Okay. Well, you didn't even yeah. mention the, the guy on the Tigers that I hate the most now, uh, David Price. I hate that guy. What's uh? What's your? Are they gonna yeah. keep him around? You think? Are they? Uh, well, I guess they have two. I guess you know Price and Cespedes. They're gonna be free agents at the end of the season. Uh, what's your What's your prediction? Is yeah. one of them gonna stay? You know, it's weird. Like, yeah, probably the reason I didn't mention him is because he doesn't really still. He doesn't really feel like he's a tiger. Like for like, he almost kind of seems like a rental right now. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, he said that he's welcome to uh. He welcomes the idea of staying in Detroit, um, but it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't seem like they've like they've had like any big discussions with his agent about like staying. And um, I think a lot of people in Detroit are kind of thinking that he's going to go all the way of uh, Max Scherzer. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like, kind of like you don't really want to get attached to somebody that that might leave. You know. So I think a lot of people in Detroit are just kind of. Kind of like a wait and see, but obviously, 
he's the number one guy. He's going to start opening day. Um, I mean, he, he probably can win the Cy Young this year, and uh, and and that would only bolster uh, his payday after the season. So, um, yeah, but I mean, they still have Anibal Sanchez. As long as he can stay healthy, uh, if Verlander can stay healthy and get back to what he was, they've still got a pretty pretty decent starting rotation. It's not what it used to be. I think clearly the Nationals have the best uh, rotation in baseball, but but the Tigers are still pretty good. Probably better than the Red Sox, I would say. Come on, the Red Sox rotation is being held together with duct tape and bent. And paper clips here. How is Rick Porcello? What should I expect here going into the season? Solid, solid. I mean, all right. He's uh, I mean, he wins. He okay. wins. He's not flashy, you know. Bunch of ground balls, ground ball pitcher, and uh, you know, but he wins. He's got uh, that ton of wins. I don't, I don't know what his career record is, but uh, he's got a pretty impressive record uh, for, for how young he is. Everybody. Thinks of him as kind of a veteran pitcher, but uh, I think he might have over 100 wins already in his career. So yeah, he's going to be a free agent after the season too. So hopefully he'll have a he'll have a good year. I don't know. I feel pretty well, good about the Sox, but I haven't really followed them yet. So well, the thing about for the Tigers, I mean, they're paying they're paying power pitchers that are the like the best of the best, like Verlander and Price and Sanchez and. And then you look at Porcello, and it's like, uh, he's a ground ball guy. There's nothing real special about him. So he was due a bunch of money, so that's why they kind of let him go. Cause it's like, they're not going to pay that guy like $100 million, you know? Yeah. So. Now, what's your take on the uh, on the Kansas City Royals, dude? They kind of uh, they kind of came out of nowhere out of your division there and made a lot of noise last year. Made it all the way to the World Series. Uh, you you see them all the time. So, what's your were you surprised to see them go so far, or were you just kind of like, oh, well, this is inevitable, or what? No, I was, yeah, I was surprised. Kind of like the joke was like, are they ever going to get it done? And they and then I, you know, I guess they did, but then they lost. No. So, um, I don't think they're going to be back. Um, the cool, the thing about the division is everybody improved. Um, every, every single team in the Central, you could argue, improved uh, in some way. And I think uh, I think the Indians are better than them. I think the Tigers are still better than them. Um, you could even make a case that the White Sox are going to be better than them. So, um, yeah, I think the Royals are going to suck this year. Wow, all right. So re- regression for the Royals. Yeah. All right. All right. Not very uh, positive there for the Royals. All right. Anything else going on in the world of baseball you want to talk about before we do the predictions? Um, Anything got got under your skin here? The new rule changes, the new commissioner, you know, Alex Rodriguez is back. Anything Anything on your mind? Uh, you know, I just think it's funny. I think I think it would be hilarious if A-Rod won the uh, – Comeback player of the year. <laughs> I mean, he could, right? Like, there's no reason to think he's going to get playing time in New York, you know, because they're, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're like, you know, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of old dudes that, uh, used to be good. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I suppose I think it's that possible. was just going to, that would be fitting for baseball if he was the comeback player of the year. What if he just gets busted again? I wouldn't be surprised if that happens either. You, you can't. You can't be surprised at all if he, he gets busted. 
he hits 30 home runs or something and then gets banned. Yeah. That guy's a mess. I don't know what his deal is. He's just a clown. Speaking of clowns, what about the, uh, what's up with your boy Rosny? He got sent down, right? Did he get sent down today? I didn't see that. I know they said Victorino was going to be the uh, starting outfielder. They have a they have a log jam in the uh, on the outfield, so. Yeah, he was sent to to uh, Paul Puckett. Yeah, that's their minor leaguer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here is yeah Castillo and Bradley. Wow. Well, Bradley's not that good yet, so he kind of needs it. They need more. I don't know about I don't know much about Castillo because they just got him last year at the end. Uh, but Bradley definitely he needs more time in the minors. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Castillo. Maybe, uh, I think they're, I think they're, I think part of the, it's a lot of money, it's a lot of money to pay a guy to be playing in AAA. That's for sure. I agree with that. I think that they're showcasing, I think they're going to try and showcase Shane Victorino for a couple, for at least a month or so in order to trade him. Cause, uh, they got to do something with Victorino. He's, he's not that good and they're paying him even more than that, more than, uh, Castillo, so. Although, I'm only busting your balls. I'm only busting your balls because the Tigers really like us Castillo, but they they couldn't they couldn't afford to pay him seventy two million like the uh, you know yeah Red yeah. Sox always find 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 cash you know in the in the bank vault so except for uh, John except for John Lester right <laughs> we they have a policy I guess it's like if he came up with the Red Sox then they're like hey fuck you. But if you didn't, it's then they want you. It's like uh, it's like the old WCW, you know. You know, one thing. One thing before we start. One thing I thought was interesting was the uh, the thing that's come out with a lot of a lot of players speaking up. A, a lot of like I guess Americans uh, speaking out against uh, about the, the the Cubans getting all these all this money, you know, because. They have to go in the draft, but, you know, the, the American and Canadian players, whatever, you know, they have to go through the draft and then, uh, they have to, you know, they have to wait a couple of years, uh, several years, you know, to get their big payday. And, uh, the, there's some, there's, there's some talk about maybe baseball will, will uh, try to go to get some kind of like international draft. Yeah, they've been saying uh, that for a while, so, yeah. Yeah, that'll probably happen. It's kind of crazy though. You think I mean seventy-two million dollars for a guy who didn't even make the team? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't know enough about this guy to really comment too much. Not like that's ever stopped me before on any topic on the show. But I kind of bailed on the team like at the end of last season. So by the time they got him and brought him up and everything, it was like I didn't even. The guy saw like one game, so I don't know. I think I don't know what they're doing really, to be honest with you. But they have way too many outfielders, and they're probably trying to trade. They're probably going to try and showcase Alan Craig and Victorino and get rid Daniel of one of those guys. What about Daniel Nava? I heard he might be uh, a guy that teams might want. I would be happy if they traded Daniel Nava. I have no attachment to him. He made the team, though. They didn't. They, he's a backup outfielder, they said. so. Yeah. As long as they keep that guy, I think his name is Brock Holt, that played like eight positions last year. I like him. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of impressive. But otherwise, I have no attachment to any of these any of these guys really anymore. So I'm more interested in seeing if uh, Pedroia is going to have a bounce back or if he's just winding down here. Because uh, every year it seems like he's get every year it seems like it's a little bit worse with him. So, but then 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 the, then the season ends and you find out he's got like two broken toes and a broken wrist and his pinky sprained and it's like, well, what the fuck, dude? What are you doing? 
Yeah. Didn't he win a gold glove last year? I think he, I think he won, I think he might have robbed, uh, robbed Ian Kinsler out of a gold glove. He may have. He may have. I'm not sure. I don't know about this robbing Ian Kinsler though. I don't know, uh, He's a good defense. He's good. He's good on defense, but he's just, you know, he just doesn't have the uh, the hitting that he used to. That's the thing with those awards, though. Is like once you win one, then you're gonna, like you're probably going to win two or three or four, or even just by your resume. Yeah, look at uh, look at Jeter. Were, he won like a million of them, and he he, you know. Yeah, there were a lot of people. There were a lot. I mean, last year I remember a lot. There were a lot of people in Detroit that were kind of they're kind of pissed that uh, Kinsler didn't get a gold glove. Well, you know, you can't win them all, buddy. That's right. But I know you want to win the uh, prediction contest, so you ready to make your predictions here? You bet. All right. We started out here in the American League East. Who you got? The uh, Orioles. I think they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be the team that wins the East over the Jays, and I got the Red Sox third. All right. Okay. American League Central. Tigers over the Indians. But right. It's going to be real close. Could maybe come down to the last day of the season. Oh, I love that. Uh, the American League West. Can I go with the Mariners or the Angels? Well, who are you going to go with? Mariners. Oh, they said the Mariners or the Angels. Okay, Mariners over yeah, the Angels. Over. Yeah. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. The Angels are a mess. They're, they're also a mess, but they did all right last year, so I can't really say too much, but, you know, they just they don't strike me as I have no faith in them. Um, all right, so you got the Orioles, the Tigers, and the Mariners, and then for the two wild cards, who you got? I got uh, Indians and the Jays. All right. You're the first person so far to mention the Jays, so everybody's sleeping on the Jays. I haven't made my predictions yet this year, but... Uh, I may, I may end up, I may end up, uh, back in the Jays myself in the wild card, cause, I don't know, something, I feel like they're kind of on the cusp here, but, we'll see. National League East, who you got? I think, I think these are, these, these are the easiest picks. East, uh, Nationals. Yep. National League Central. Cardinals. National League West. Dodgers. Alright. I think you, I think we've that's pretty much uh for the most part. I think there's a lot of shakeup in the central from our predictions, but everybody seems to be going with uh with the Nats and the Dodgers. So in the National League wild card, these are the picks you know that could make or break things. National League wild card, who you got? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Pirates and the Marlins. Wow, okay. Interesting. Interesting choice on the Marlins. Any any rationalization there? I just think they have a bunch of young kids, and and uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think I think they have the young kids that have a lot of talent. So, all right, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So then, in the American League uh, and the National League champions, who you got? Who's facing off in the World Series? Okay, um, so I'm going to go with the I got the Orioles over the Indians in the ALCS, and then. The Nationals over the Dodgers and the NLCS. And then the World Series, I got the Nationals being the Orioles. All right. So you got Orioles for the American League champs, Nationals for the National League champs, 
a Beltway series and coming out on top in the end is the Nationals, you say? Yeah. All right. Duly noted. Duly noted. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to alarm you, but you have the same AL and NL, uh, predictions as one Adam Go Rightly. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a curse or a blessing, but we'll see. Now, for the extra special tiebreaker, in case you and Adam Go Rightly, uh, are both right and, uh, we have a tie, this year we've instituted a new tiebreaker question. What is the final score of the All-Star game? What? <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd hate this one. I knew you'd hate it. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Oh. That's just why it's a tiebreaker, dude. It's, it's, it's oh, a superfluous oh, question. Oh, oh man. Yeah. The meaningless All-Star game. Wow. Just like they say, this time it counts. League seven to five. Yeah. All right. See, that wasn't so hard. I, I surprised oh. you there. I left you speechless on the. Uh, <laughs> I, left, I left you speechless. I thought it would be something like award winners or like MVP or the Cy Young. No, no, it's too vague, dude. Then we might then we might not even be able to use it. I mean, you know, everybody might pick. Like, look at dude. Who would have picked the guy from the Cleveland Indians last year to win the American League Cy Young? No one would have picked that. Right. So I had to pick something that I knew was actually going to happen, which is the All Star Game that we don't have any prediction on in the first place, and right. uh, you know that way we have at least uh, something we can. You know, used to break things up. It's just a tiebreaker. Don't worry. Yeah, but it could come into effect with uh, me and Riley. Yeah, I know, but that's how it. Well, in that case, I don't think you have anything to worry about because Gorelli said I think uh, like eleven to six. Oh, okay. Good. So his uh his and he was uh he was equally outraged by the by the use of the All Star game. I like that. I like that thinking. See, I hope that does actually scare me though. That we're or that close on the same page and uh, hitting the All-Star game. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I got I got faith in you guys. Well, on that note, do you have anything you want to plug? I always do this every time you're on, but anything you want to uh, uh, recommend? Let's see. Plug. Uh, I'll plug the Goldbergs. That's uh, that's a good show. I've been watching that lately, and. Uh, Netflix. I've been watching a lot of Netflix, uh, Netflix original programming because uh, I'm still, you know, kind of trying to find that next series that captivates me, like Lost. Right. I would say uh, '80s nostalgia. People should check out the Goldbergs. I will. Uh, I'll vouch for them. All right. I'll second that recommendation. It's a great show. So I love it. And, I, and I'll plug uh, since, since me and Go Riley are going to probably. Go to a tiebreaker. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll plug. Uh, I'll plug for Go Rightly and say I read a couple of his books this summer and they're uh, they're great reads. So. Ah, oh, that's nice of you. All right. Well, on that note, RSS. Thank you for coming on the show, dude. Uh, much appreciated. Congrats on your one third of the title, and uh, we'll see you uh, possibly on next year's baseball special. Good luck. Not possibly, definitely. I like that. Good answer. All right. 
You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the 2015 BOA Audio Baseball Special with a stalwart of the baseball special and a longtime friend of the program. Talking about, of course, the paranormal pundit himself, Paul Kimball. I know you love that descriptor. Filmmaker, writer, pontificator, TV guy as well. So he's uh, back on the show. Welcome back, Paul. Long time, no chat. Hi, Tim. Good to be back. And when you said pontificator, I thought you were actually going to say pontiff. And I said, ooh, I'm, I'm up to become pope. That would be awesome. I'm not even Catholic. But, you know, I like I like Rome, so that sounds like a good deal. But you added ificator. So, back. Well, you are a fan of hats, too, so it would be perfect role for you. It's true, and I, I look really good in white. So Nice. Yeah, especially like robes that hide my increasing middle-aged paunch. So I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> being, being Pope might not be a bad idea. Yeah. Besides, I, I do consider, as many people in ufology would know, I do consider myself to be infallible. So it's a perfect <laughs> job for me. Oh God! So, uh, well, we haven't talked to you like a year since the show. So, what's uh, since the baseball special last year? So, uh, let's get a brief. What's been up with you? What have you been up to? Because uh, you, you're kind of like me in a way. I mean, I, I said this to you in the message here. You know, I, I still obviously have the show. I still produce the show, but I've like pulled as far back out of this mess as I possibly can while still having a radio show. Um, and and it seems like you're kind of you know of the same mindset in a way, but what have you been up to, uh, you know, since the last time I shot it with you? Well, yeah, no, I, I've never considered myself to be in the mess, I guess. I I have a, you know, real life and a real job, so um, I have two feature films released last year, two more through development. We start shooting a third one uh, in June, right? So I'm in pre-production on that now, and, um, and a bunch of other media-related enterprises going on, all sorts of stuff. So, so yeah, I've been very busy, actually. Um, nice. Not busy enough to uh, completely ignore things like the Roswell slides or, you know, a few UFO stories. But generally speaking, I'm too busy to take too much of an interest. Although I will be speaking at uh, the Paracon, which, uh, Lauren, I'll finally get to meet Lauren Coleman, um, fellow baseball guy, I assume nice. he's on this year. And Stan Friedman will be speaking there too, which is being held in Liverpool, Nova Scotia here in, uh, August of 2015, right? So yeah, a little, little conference. I don't get invited to big American conferences. I don't say what they want, but I'll be talking about ghosts here in Liverpool. So, so I get an invite. Nice. Who wants to go to those American UFO conferences anyway? They're a joke. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, had some fun. Moved on. Exactly. All right. Baseball season right around the corner here. Uh, I actually haven't made my predictions yet. I'm finally going to do them, I think, tonight or uh, tomorrow night. But uh, what are your thoughts heading into the new season? There's a lot going on. I'm wondering, you know, as I said to you in my original message to set this up, you know, I, 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 I feel like you would have opinions on, you know, the new commissioner or the new uh, rules about speeding up the game. But maybe maybe you have thoughts about the Toronto Blue Jays or uh, or the playoffs last season or something else. So what's what's been sort of on your mind here as the baseball season's about to begin? Well, I don't think anybody can have any thoughts about the new commissioner because he's the new commissioner. So it's sort of time to have some thoughts about the old commissioner. All right. Uh, for good and for ill. I mean, there's no question. I mean, in the ledger for Bud Selig, there's – something that I still hold against him, which is the labor strife that cost an entire season and continued on for a little while after that. 
I also, you know, there are other things I hold against Bud Selig, the steroids era, which I've, you know, that happened under his watch, and he didn't do nearly enough to uh, to cut it off in time. On the other hand, he grew the game back, or he was at least at the helm when it grew back. They they've been reasonably successful at entering the the digital era, the new media era. They've developed, I think, a new generation of stars, and. I think the wild card has been a tremendous success, and you can see that by the fact that two, the two teams in the World Series last year were wild card teams, and it was wild. You know, the playoffs are, are interesting. So the purists, like Bob Costas, and I used to be one of them, who used to say, you know, we need fewer teams. It's what separates us from hockey. I mean, we're nowhere near having as many teams as hockey or basketball in the playoffs. But, you know, you you want to keep it pure. It's like, well, you know, maybe adding a little extra, a few extra teams would be good for interest. And some of those series were really, really good and exciting. And, the, and I, I love the World Series. I watched every game for the first time in several years. I actually watched every game of the World Series for the entire run of the series, even when the Red Sox won a couple of years ago. I think I missed a game. And, uh, and you know, yeah, it was really exciting stuff. It was fun to see the Royals. I, I really like the Royals because they play old school baseball. And, uh, you know, San Francisco, it's fun to watch because I'm a pitching guy. I just like watching Madison Bumgarner. He was amazing. That was one of the great stories of the last 20 or 30 years in baseball and probably one of the great performances of all time in the postseason. His, his, in the World Series, he was just off the off the hook, as the kids say, or off the chain, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And and he, as a guy who enjoys watching pitching, he was just amazing, and it was a joy to watch. And conversely, as a guy who enjoys needling Greg Bishop, it was fun to watch Clayton Kershaw implode yet again in the playoffs. So it, and so that creates one of the, between two arch rivals, right? This is what I found fascinating. So you've got the Dodgers, and they have the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher in baseball. The Giants have Madison Bumgarner, who's a very, very good pitcher, who seems to be the best postseason pitcher in baseball. Which one would you rather have on your team? And, I would rather have Madison Bumgarner because how many World Series wins do the Dodgers have recently? Zero. And how many do the Giants have? Well, I think we know the answer to that. So I'll take Madison Bumgarner over Clayton Kershaw any day of the week, even though I'm sure Greg would probably disagree. Hmm. All right. Now, what's going on? I've been sleeping on the on the uh, Blue Jays. You're kind of uh, figure you must hear more about them up there than I do. But it's like they're the last team left that hasn't made the playoffs in forever. Uh, which is surprising, actually, but I guess they they have the longest drought now that the Royals made it, and that, like I said, I, I feel like I'm sleeping on them because I feel like they're going to be better than I expect. Um, but we've talked about this the last couple of years. Uh, when are they going to get it all? When's it all going to come together? What, what, what are your thoughts, uh, you know, before the season starts on? Because no one's even talking. I'm not hearing any buzz about them, but it's like they have a really good team. It looks like. That's because you live down in Massachusetts and you can't get out of the Red Sox bubble. The Their story is more or less the same as it's been the last few years. They've got a stacked offense, and they have questionable pitching that if it all comes together, they have the potential to win the American League East, probably you know by five or ten games. And the problem is the pitching never seems to come together. Uh-huh. So that offense can turn out a lot of runs, but... You know, the pitching always, and again, I'm a pitching guy. The, they won their World Series with pitching. You know, guys like Dave Steve and Dave, Dave Steve and Dave Stewart and Jimmy Key and those guys back in the 90s. And now, you know, it's like Mark Burley and R.A. Dickey. They're good guys. They're three and four starters, but they don't have an ace. And they don't have a, they really don't have even a number, a good 
number two guy. They're a team full of three and four guys and a couple of guys, young guys, who could be aces if they could step up, but they never seem to. So, you know, I can't, I, I would love to pick the Blue Jays to win the American League East. I can't. <laughs> You know, because they just, the pitching is still a question mark when there's so many other teams that, that don't have that question mark. But there's no question they got potential. And, you know, they're on the cusp of something, something special. But they haven't been able to cash that in yet. Yeah. And who knows, you know, time passes on. They might not be able to ever cash it in. So their moment is really now. If you listen to the radio talk shows here in Canada, especially the ones out of Toronto, where all they do in the summer is talk about the Blue Jays. And in the winter, all they do is talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, it's they're always talking about pitching. It's always pitching, 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 pitching. Why don't we have pitching? Why can't we get, you know, why can't we get a Max Scherzer? Yeah. Well, probably because it's, you know, you're in Canada. But why can't we get at least a number two starter, a good, who could be our ace, but, you know, or even a number one starter who maybe is not a Max Scherzer, but, you know, a good solid, he could be an ace for at least half the teams in this league because that's all they need. They don't need Clayton Kershaw. They need, uh, and they don't need Madison Bumgarner. I'm trying to think of, you know, a, a comp for who they could. They need John Lester, a guy like John Lester. Something like that. You know, a good 15-game winner who can anchor a rotation and maybe win 17 or 18 if he's healthy and everything falls his way. They need that guy. And they thought R.A. Dickey was going to be that guy, and he's not. And Mark Burley definitely isn't that guy. He's a good guy, but he's not that guy. So that's who they need. They need a John Lester. They need that kind of guy. Or they need one of the young guys to step up and, you know, sort of be like Sonny Gray in Oakland or something. Yeah. You know, um, or Chris Sale or the Kluber guy in Cleveland. They need one of those guys. But they haven't had him yet. What are your thoughts on the Red Sox? Because really, you're a Red Sox fan. So, uh, how, how are you feeling before the season starts? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm cautiously optimistic here. Well, I should answer that question when we get to the predictions, because the Red Sox will factor into my predictions. It'll be a good year. They're, you can. They're kind of like. Um, I'm trying to. What's the uh, the the Cal Ripken used to have a good year followed generally by a not so good year followed by a good year followed by a not so good year. And that seems to be the pattern that the Red Sox have fallen into. That's not a bad pattern. If you win a World Series one every two years or even one every five years, and then you spent the next four years after that in the doldrums and then won another one, most teams I think would take that deal. Yeah. You know, win a World Series or two every decade. Yeah, that's pretty good. Even if you spent the other eight years not making the playoffs. I, I can think of 28 or nine teams that would probably take that deal. Um, but I actually think the Red Sox, you know, are on the verge of maybe getting out of that rut and becoming a permanent contender again, which is to say every year they're either in the playoffs or they just miss the playoffs. I don't think, I don't think you're going to see the Red Sox start to drift back into 70 win territory anytime soon. Hmm. I think, you know, they're good for at least 85 wins every year for the next five or six years. And, you know, if you can get in the playoffs, as the Royals showed, you know, all bets are off then. Anything can happen. Yeah. So they're a contender. I've, you know, for the next five, six years, I think they're a contender for for a World Series championship, along with, you know, about seven or eight other teams. Right, right. But, but uh, I, I feel a lot better, you know, between me and my brother. My brother's a Yankees fan. If I put the two of us in a room, which one of us would feel more comfortable about our team's chances? I think that would be me. Because, you know, when you're starting Alex Rodriguez, um, I think you probably aren't feeling terribly comfortable about your team's chances. 
so yeah, I, it's better to be a Red Sox fan than a Yankees fan right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's you know it's always better to be a Red Sox fan than a Yankees fan because Yankees fans are morons. But hmm. at this time, you know they're also losers, and uh, and at least Red Sox fans. When somebody says, "What have you done for me lately?" we can actually say, "Oh well, as it turns out." You know, we right. a couple World Series wins. What are, Yankee people, what have you done in the last 10 years? Mm. So, um, so, yeah, that's where I sit on the Red Sox. I can, I can um, hear them now. We won in 2009. Oh, please. Yeah. That barely counts. Well, it's, okay, fine, the last five years. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more than cautiously optimistic. I'm just optimistic. All right. Um, I guess I, I already talked to a couple people about this, but you're kind of our like I saw, well, you like you said you're you're kind of our resident baseball purist. What are your thoughts on the um, on the pace of play issue? That seems to be the big bailiwick of the new commissioner so far. Uh, pace of play. They're making these new rules. Whether they're going to enforce them or not, who knows? Um, they do this every seems like every few years. They talk about pace of play and they talk about new rules, but nothing ever happens. But it seems like it's more than ever this year with the uh, the rules about not being able to step out of the batter box and, and stuff like that. What, what are your thoughts on tinkering with the rules like that? Implement them and then rigorously enforce them. Oh. Um, I am a purist, but people mistake sort of purist um, thinking on baseball with the sort of minutia. And I think Tinkering with the rules in this respect to speed the pace of play up is not undermining the game at all. In fact, I think it's enhancing it, and I think it's taking it away from what it's become and back towards, you know, the true kind of baseball that should be existing. Because what it's become has been a bunch of divas, and they're overpaid, but that's another question. You know, a bunch of overpaid divas who remind me an awful lot of certain actors I know. That huh. They, you know, spend an awful lot of time doing things that have nothing to do with the game. I get strategy. I get trying to psych your opponent out. I get all of that. You know what? If you're a pitcher and you want to psych your opponent out, don't step off the mound. Throw an inside one up, you know, high and heavy near his head. Don't hit him, but, you know, brush him off the plate. That's all fine. But this constant grinding it out and stepping out of the box and stepping into the box and calling time every third pitch, stepping off the mound and going to the rosin every single pitch and doing everything you can to slow the game down has nothing to do with pure baseball. And it has everything to do, part of me is convinced, with these guys wanting to get as much stage time as they possibly can and being divas. You know, go up there and throw the ball and hit the ball. And if you can't do either without all this rigmarole, then you should probably be playing in AAA and not the major leagues. Because the major leagues should be for big guys who can actually play the game. And if you need all these little things to sort of, as the wrestling people would say, get you over and hit 260, well, you're probably in the wrong profession. And I'm tired of it. I, I have to admit, the pace of play, I love a nice sort of leisurely game where things are happening. And some of those things that are happening can, you know, not be actual action. I'm fine with that, too. What I don't like is things that you can just look at, you know, that is not necessary. That is not in, it's, it's, it's like movies. Best example I can give you. I have nothing against a 120 minute long movie when it's necessary, like Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves really did need to be two and a half hours long. Fine. The problem is, those used to be really, really rare things. Most movies, I was talking with a friend um, the other day at a screening of an old film noir film here, and, you know, about running times. Old movies, if you were at 90 minutes in the 40s and 50s, 
you know, that was considered a average length of a movie. And the original Dracula, I think, was 68 minutes long. So movies used to come in at 65 to 80 minutes on a fairly regular basis. Now, you know, a Transformers movie comes in at two and a half, two and a half hours. Why? Why? Yeah. Longer is not necessarily better. Brevity can be the source of wit. And what is true of um, film and what is also true, frankly, of music, people have forgotten how to write a two and a half minute pop song, you know, these four minute long, five minute long dirges, is especially true of baseball. Because baseball can, without sacrificing the inherent character of the game and sort of the uniqueness and the specialness of the game that sets it apart from the time clock that you'll find in football or basketball or hockey, um, baseball is not meant to be four hours long or even three hours long. Uh, and I think the, the new rules, if judiciously applied, you know, could be a shock to the system that can speed things up. And I, I actually don't think you would need them, although I think they would probably stay forever. I don't think you'd need them to. I think you could re-educate sort of a generation of players to remove these things fairly quickly and um, and throw them out. The first time David Ortiz steps out of the batter's box, fine him. You know, increase the penalties. Uh, to hear him say, you're not going to change the way I play the game. Well, no, we're not trying to change the way you play the game. We're trying to play, change the way that you slow the game down, which has nothing to do with baseball. So I'd, I'd be the first guy to call Ortiz and fine him and throw him out of the game or whatever. He'll get the message pretty quick, as will everyone else, and things will, you know, things will move along a little faster. The game will be better for it, and, you know, the amount of money that the players can earn will be better for it because more people will watch. You'll bring, I mean, a lot of people just don't like watching baseball because it's slow now. You know, get younger kids to watch with their slow attention spans. A game that, you know, and then they can enjoy the nuances without being put to sleep by the three and a half hour long snore fest. That's my, so there's the purest take on what some people would consider to be an unpure way of, of dealing with these things. All right. Nice. I knew we'd get a passionate answer from you about that, so. Ah, there's, ah, I, I played baseball when I was a kid. I didn't step out of the batter's box every second pitch. When I see stuff like that, it just drives me nuts because I'm trying to, you know, it's like, oh, my God. Uh, they're like, it, you know what? It's, it's like wrestling. You know, now it's a faster-paced pro wrestling. And so I can I can go back and watch the older matches where you there's a charm to them. But on the other hand, um, it's not fit for modern consumption because you need to have fast pace and move things along. And you just, if nothing else, you have to recognize that and change with the times. If the Catholic Church can change with the times, slowly but surely, I think professional baseball can manage it. All right. Although, maybe not. You never know. We'll see what happens. Are you ready? Hopefully the, hopefully the new commissioner is Pope Francis. The, the baseball's equivalent of Pope Francis. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, speaking of, uh, we'll see what happens. Are you ready for predictions? Because I have a feeling you'll have things to say about uh, the predictions as we go along. So we'll, sure. uh, we'll, we'll dive right in. Not a, I shouldn't say defending champion. As a former champion, eager to regain his crown, I'm, I'm happy to go to predictions. Yeah. All right. You'll be happy to know we've also added a new prediction into the mix to help break up some of these ties that have plagued the uh, the the, uh, the league here for the last few years. So, but we'll get to that at the end. Sure. Um, all right. Well, you're you're an American League East guy like me. We'll start there. In the American League East, who you got? I don't care what my brother says about them being overrated. I go with the Boston Red Sox to win the American League East. All right. I won't disagree with you there. 
American League Central, who you got? They're old, and their window of opportunity is closing, and they lost their best pitcher, but I'm still going with the Detroit Tigers to hang on for one more year. You're referring to Verlander? No, Scherzer. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because Verlander, they just put on the DL. That's what I thought you meant. I was going to say, yeah, no, he's I'm, not their best pitcher anymore. I like David Price. He's a good, solid guy, and Verlander is, too, I still think, but Scherzer was their best pitcher, and he's gone. All right. But they're still strong enough to hold off in what is probably the best division in baseball. And who would have thought we'd be saying that five years ago? It's quite, uh, yeah, it's quite improved. It's quite improved. Although the uh, the the NL West is pretty good now too. But uh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and the AL West is is got three strong teams. Mm, that's so true, there's yeah. a lot of good divisions. But I like you know the Central's got a lot of good up and coming teams too. Anyway, the Tigers. All right. Before I actually, before I get into that, we'll, we'll just take a brief side tangent. What's your, what's your take on the Royal? I mean, the uh, what's your take on the Rays? I feel like they're going to have a cataclysmic sort of like fall back to earth now after that magical run they had the last like decade or so. At least losing Joe Madden and then losing uh, their their general manager. I think they're, not, I think they're, I think they're going to kind of swirl around the the drain here a little bit for a while. The Tampa Bay Rays. You mean the Montreal Expos in waiting? Because I don't think they're going to be in Tampa Bay for all that much longer. The one thing that could keep them in Tampa Bay was the fact that they were a pretty good team um, that had a charismatic manager, and they always had a chance. But they, in a, I mean, the East isn't the best division in baseball anymore, but there's good teams there, and the Rays are not one of them. And that is not a market that will be kind to a team that wins 65 to 75 games a year on a consistent basis. And I think yeah. that's where they're headed. So Montreal, you know, Warren Cromartie's and a lot of people are trying to get a team back in Montreal after Major League Baseball stole hours. Uh, as an old Expos fan, I would love to see the Montreal, the Tampa Bay Rays, or any team, return to Montreal. Uh, vive le Montreal, I say. So right. I, I actually think Tampa Bay might be that team. You never know. That would be awesome. I'd, I'd be fully in favor of that. Okay. Uh, so you got the Red Sox in the east, the Tigers in the central, now here in the uh, American League west. Who you got? I'm going for the Seattle Mariners. Wow, and nice. Felix, King Felix Hernandez finally gets to play for a division-winning team. In a division that's actually got, you know, a couple of good teams. All right. So then the two American League wildcard teams. Who you got? Speaking of the American League West, and I almost picked them to win the division, but I think the Mariners are going to do it. So I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever they call themselves to, um, the, you know, Greg's other Los Angeles team to win one of the wildcards. Okay. And then the other wildcard? Here's the tough one, because I can think of about six teams that I'd like to pick. The Royals, the Indians, the White Sox, um, you know, uh, the Blue Jays, maybe even the Orioles. I'm going to go, I have to, it's a Canadian thing, I'm going to go for Toronto Blue Jays. I think maybe this is the year they have enough pitching to get into the playoffs. All right. Okay, so we got uh, the Red Sox, the Tigers, the Mariners, and then the Angels, and the Blue Jays. All right, so the National League East, we got... The Washington, I was going to say the Washington Capitals, the Washington Bullets, no. The Washington Nationals, or as I like to call them, the Montreal Expos in exile. So let's just say the Montreal Expos win the National League East. All right. Uh, National League Central? The Again, the same sort of thing as the Detroit Cardinals. They're getting older, and their window's probably closing, but I'm still sticking with the St. Louis Cardinals for another year. Okay. All right. 
National League West. Uh, the Los Doyers de Los Angeles, or however you would say that in Spanish. I'm pretty sure it's Doyers. Anyway, the L.A. Dodgers. All right. <laughs> uh, and then the two wild cards, who you got? Same thing as the American League. I could pick at least seven teams. I think the Padres are improved. The Marlins are going to surprise. Um, the Even the Brewers might be better. But I have to go with the Pittsburgh Pirates for the first one. Uh-huh. And the defending World Series champions, the defending WWE world champions, uh, the San Francisco Giants. All right. All right. Nice. I, th- I think we, I think we'll actually avoid most ties this year, but we'll see what happens because, uh, there hasn't been too much consistency. This is good. Um, all right. So in the, in the face off, in the world series, who you got the American league champs versus the NL champs, who are your picks to, uh, represent in the world series? The Montreal Expos in exile will defeat in their last chance to win a World Series, and they'll fall short again, the Detroit Tigers. All right, so you're saying the Washington Nationals over the Detroit Tigers in the World Series. Montreal Expos. Yeah, fine, the Washington Nationals. (laughs) Hey, I have to, I'm the commissioner. I have to make sure that everything is clear. No problem. (laughs) Yeah, the Washington Nationals, the Expos in exile. Um, Yeah. Okay, and now for the ultimate tiebreaker. What is the final score of the All-Star game? <laughs> you pick that as your tiebreaker as opposed to who's going to win the Cy Young or the final score in the All-Star game. Ugh. You're not the only one. Listen, here's the argument for the All-Star game tiebreaker. Here's the this, argument. This is one of Selig's bad ideas, by the way, using the All-Star game to determine home field advantage. But anyway. Well, because we everyone could pick different. Like that guy from Cleveland. No one. I, have, I couldn't pick him out. He could walk in the room right now, and I wouldn't even know who he is. So... You know, it's a crapshoot picking Cy Young winners and stuff like that. Do I just pick the score, or do I pick which team's going to win, too? Which team's going to win, too? The final score of the All-Star game. The National League's going to win 7-2. to All right. See, that was pretty unless painless. The, unless the American League wins 9-4. to No, nah, it's too late. You've already you've already registered your prediction now. What? Uh, as long as there's a lot of Expos on the National League, they'll be fine. You're, like, obsessed with the Expos today. And, yeah. and, and the Pope. I don't know what's the going on with you. Montreal Expos are the great uncrowned World Series champions of the 1990s. No kidding. They were killed by that strike. Um, all right. Well, that wraps up the predictions. And uh, all that's left really is, uh, you know, a prediction for you on what's next for you in the year uh, 2015 and beyond. What's going on with you? Breathing, I hope. That would be cool. I said breathing, by the way, not breeding. I can understand how that might have <laughs> Over the phone, maybe people, what? He's getting people pregnant? Um, yeah, like I said, I'm shooting a feature film this summer uh, here in Nova Scotia, sort of a Canadian-British thing. Then uh, the Paracon, hopefully folks are in Nova Scotia in August, they can uh, come see that. Uh, Lauren Coleman, me, Stan Friedman, um, uh, a bunch of Nova Scotian authors, a good cast and crew, and Liverpool's a lovely town. When is that? Uh, August 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Best Western Hotel and Conference Center in Liverpool, Nova Scotia. You can take the Yarmouth Ferry from New England, and you'll be you'll be right there from, uh, I think, you have Portland, Maine, right? Uh, it's eastcoastparaconference.ca, and I have nothing to do with it other than appearing at it, but I'm happy to promote it because the people who are running it are seem like really nice nice folks. And it'll be good to finally meet Lauren Coleman. I've never actually met him in person before. I might actually make the trip up there. That sounds like a pretty good... Uh 
pretty good event. I don't know half these people, which is a good thing, because then I could meet some new folks, and also I know Lauren, Stan, and you, so that would be great. So it might, yeah, it might be worth should. making the trip up and checking out, honestly. I mean, yeah, we could go up to Oak Island afterwards and relive old memories. We were ahead of the curve on Oak Island. Now I'm We certainly were, yeah. Anyway. anyway and we probably would have made a better television show. That's in a, our sleep. Yeah, that's a given. That's yeah. a given. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, dude. Well, on that note, thank you uh, very much for coming back on the show. And uh, I'm going to keep in mind this uh, event, actually, because it looks good. I like I like this event. Sounds already sounds to me like a kind of a, the kind of event I would like, as opposed to one of these like UFO UFO con things that are just like, oh God, what am I doing here? This looks like something that might be worth checking out. So the East Coast yeah, Paracon. It, it's kind of a mix. You know, Stan obviously would be talking about UFOs, but Lauren will be talking about Bigfoot and cryptos, and I'll be talking about ghosts and synchronicities. And they and they built in, they've got another guy, Daryl Walsh, who's a ghost-related author here in Nova Scotia. He used to host a television show in Canada on the subject of ghosts. And, um, you know, they've got some ghost walks and, and investigations, some really cool stuff. Nice. So, you know, it's not just going to be a bunch of guys sitting around in the hotel lobby talking about how 9-11, you know, influenced the Roswell case or something. It's it's a much more a broad-based kind of paranormal thing. It's the Nick Redfern of paranormal conferences. Yeah, I like it. It looks like a bouillabaisse base of different uh, paranormal genres, which I like. Exactly. It's like a stew or, you know, like like a lobster chowder. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. With salmon and cod. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like a seafood chowder. Exactly. It's like a seafood chowder. That's what I'm looking for. Leave it to the guy from Boston to figure that one out. Exactly. All right, Paul. Well, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Good luck in the uh, prediction contest, and uh, we'll keep you posted on how it all shakes out. I appreciate you inviting me, Tim, even as I know that you don't really mean the good luck part on the prediction contest. But thank you for saying so anyway. Um, cool. Always good to be back on The Nall of America. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we wrap up the 2015 BOA Audio Baseball Special with a newcomer to the festivities. He appeared on the program back in the fall, and as I said uh, at the time when I introduced him, I felt like we had kind of a kinship because he is a uh, big-time baseball fan. And I knew back in the fall when we interviewed him that I had to get him on here for the baseball special this year. Talking about the host of the Conspiracy Show on AM740. Is that right? Is that where it's at? You got it, my friend. Awesome, awesome. And occasional coast-to-coast host as well and good friend of mine, Richard Surratt. Welcome back to BOA Audio. Welcome to the baseball special. Hey, Tim. It's great to be here. I'm really excited about uh, getting you into the mix here because uh, as I, I was joking with Paul Kimball, he doesn't know you're on the show yet. Uh, Paul Kimball's a he's a Canadian uh, filmmaker. He does some paranormal films. He's sort of a paranormal pundit. And all these years, I've been hassling him about the Blue Jays because he's up there in Halifax, but he's a he's a Red Sox fan, so he always kind of uh, gave them the short shift. So now we have a real Blue Jays fan on the show and uh, someone who knows what they're yeah, talking about. Yeah, I'm the about. one. I'm the guy. <laughs> Hey, can I start off with it? Can I, can I, can I, I don't want to side rail you here, but no I start off with a, a quick riddle. Okay. Uh, and, and my, uh, my eight-year-old son North laid on, laid this on me and I thought it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Tim, a man leaves home. He turns left three times. He returns home. He finds two men wearing masks. Who are they? Oh, 
Is it the umpire on the catcher? Oh, you got it. There you good go. Man. Nice. I had to think about that for a minute. Yeah, I like that. Awesome. Good, well, I was, totally, I was totally stumped, so I'm embarrassed to tell you. Well, if we hadn't been talking about baseball to start, I would. I probably would have taken me a while. But I, he, he told me context is everything. Yeah, context yeah. Context is everything. <laughs> so what's the what's the outlook here for the Blue Jays? Because I was saying to a lot of the guests here earlier in the year, uh, earlier in the show, that I feel like I'm sleeping on them. I put out my predictions yesterday morning, and I, I didn't take any. I didn't put the Blue Jays in there, but all all morning, and I'm still kind of like. I'm feeling like I'm going to regret this. I feel like they might put it all together this year. So what's the what's the mood up there in Toronto? Well, it's ebullient, uh, but you know, every time uh, we, you know we we endure such a we endured a particularly cold uh, winter, and I know you got hammered pretty well as well down in New England. So when when the weather starts to turn and uh, you know the birds start to chirp, we just we just get silly, I think, and and I think what goes along with that are maybe some unreasonable expectations. And you know, we have some pretty exciting young talent coming up this year that are being pushed uh, ahead very quickly. I mean, this is very uncharacteristic uh, for the for the Blue Jays organization. It's a new mindset to have players that didn't play above the, uh, a ball last year have found themselves. You know, on the big league roster, no fewer than six rookies. Oh wow! And these are not these are not young players that you can bury in you know middle relief or uh, you know a, a setup role or something. Hmm. We're talking about straight up the middle. You know, second base rookie, Dalton Pompey, center field rookie. Uh, you've got um, um, uh, two uh, two start two starting pitchers that are rookies in in, in uh, Aaron Sanchez. And um, um, Norris, and then you've got a couple of young arms in the bullpen. Now, mind you, they're you know they're they're exciting, they're exciting to watch. They've got um, a couple of uh, fire uh, flamethrowers in the bullpen, throwing 100 miles an hour. One is just 20 years old. Again, didn't play above a ball, I believe, and they're turning a lot of heads. And so, you know, I think there's there's a great deal of reason to be very optimistic about the future. Uh, we lost Marcus Stroman for the year, another great arm. You know, so I don't think it's going to be this year. I'm, I'm sorry to say that. I think they've got a decent shot at a wild card. Hmm. But I think the future for this club looks looks pretty bright. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, I keep feeling like I'm sleeping on them. But it's always like you never know what year it's going to be that the team breaks out. You know, we've been talking about the Royals on this special like for every year since we've been doing it for like seven years. Finally, last year they broke out. Of course, nobody picked them or anything because it's like what you no, because I mean, and even the Giants. I mean, those two teams were were terribly flawed ball, ball clubs, and somehow they kind of you know scrambled and stumbled and and made their way. Uh, which is, you know, that's the way with this new, you know, playoff configuration with the wild cards, the teams, and so forth. Um, I don't know that a lot of people picked, you know, those two teams to be there. Uh, so who knows? I mean, I think the Jays have, uh, you know, most people are picking the, the Orioles to win the, uh, the AL East. I see Jim Bowden, uh, uh, and a couple others, uh, at ESPN are picking the Jays to finish, uh, I think, uh, first and a couple are picking them to, to take one of the wild card spots. So, hey, you know, um, hope springs eternal. Exactly. And in April, everybody thinks they have a chance. So it's, it's that's the best time of year, right? 
Oh, yes, yes. Well, what do you think of that trade, uh, the, the third baseman swap with the A's? I thought that was an interesting move because everybody, like, railed on the A's and couldn't believe they were giving away, like, one of their best players. But, I mean, the guy from the, from the Blue Jays was really good, too. Yeah, Brett Lowry. Um, if memory serves, Lowry was um, kind of two steps removed from the Doc Holiday trade that went to the to the uh, Phillies. I think we got someone back f- from Holiday, and then we ended up trading that person to some someplace else. And I think then we ended up. I think that's how we got Brett Lowry. So he was sort of the last connection to Doc Holiday, Cy Young winner. Uh, and um, unfortunately. Lowry was, um, he reminded me a lot of Paul Molitor in his early career. Molitor was always hurt. People may be not remembering this, but because later in the second half of his career, he turned out to be a bit of an Iron Man. Of course, helped the Jays win a World Series in 93, but Molitor was always hurt. And that's the problem with Brett Lowry. Now, hopefully, you know, he'll overcome that. And if he does, you know, he could be a, he could be a, an impact player. Um, but um, I think the Jays really, I mean, that was a steal. Uh, that, that, that befuddled me as well. Why the, uh, the, the A's would let Donaldson go that way. I mean, uh, outside of Trout, I, I don't know that there's maybe a better hitter in the American League right now. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is going on here? But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. This is an interesting question I never thought of uh, uh, to ask anybody because we never had anyone who could really speak to it on the show. But what do you think? Is there really like a definitive uh, sort of like drawback to playing on the on the artificial turf? I know a lot of players like don't want to play on it. Uh, I guess maybe they think it does a number on their knees or something. I don't know. But but I mean, what's what's the what's that like? Well, I think it scares away a lot of players. I think there are there are players that um, have. You know, free agents and so forth that have, uh, you know, that was a deciding factor in not coming to Toronto. In fact, I think Melky Cabrera, um, indicated as much when he, when he decided not to, to sign with the Jays. Just doesn't want to play on, on that turf. And I do, I think it takes, I think it can take, you know, a year or two off your career if you're playing 81 plus games a season on that, on that uh, turf. Now it's, you know, it's much better than it was 10 years ago. If I think we're the last, we're the last holdout. We're the, or maybe us and is it maybe Tampa? I think we're the only two teams left that play on on turf. Now the uh, the Blue Jays are are working with uh, the University of Guelph up here in Ontario, uh, and they think within two years we will finally have oh happy day real grass at oh, the nice. uh, at the Rogers Stadium. So um, yeah, it's. You know, you don't want to, you don't want, it, it, your, your knees take a pounding when you're running on that stuff. It's just not, that's not the way baseball is meant to be played. Yeah. How do you think all those trades that they made, uh, obviously they didn't make the playoffs, but you think it's improved the team, uh, getting all those cast offs from the Marlins and then, uh, R.A. Dickey? I mean, that was like, they, they kind of like, I don't know if they, I guess you could say they kind of went for it that year when they really acquired all those guys. So what's your, what's your take on it in retrospect? Well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, had, uh, Reyes not, Reyes not been injured, had Encarnacion not gone down, uh, in early July, they were in first place, uh, to, uh, at, at the first of July. Then uh, Bautista went down, um, but, it, you know, the pitching just wasn't where it was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, we, we, um, we, we thought Hutchison, uh, uh, Drew Hutchison, who was just a year off Tommy John, you know, might have bounced back a little better. His, um, 
mind you, his ERA, I don't think it, it was pretty high, but I don't think it was reflective of his, his true ability. A lot of, a lot of uh, pundits and analysts are thinking this could be a real breakout year for Hutchison. But last year, uh, the injury bug certainly played a large part. But having said that, you know, Mark Burley, I think on a really, really good team is a number three pitcher. And he ended up being sort of our number one, number one pitcher. Yeah. And he's not, he's not a number one pitcher. So, um, you know, we certainly didn't have a problem scoring runs. Uh, again, it came down to pitching and then some injuries. But, um, you know, we've, we've made some huge changes since last year. You know, Cabrera is, not, is gone. Brett Laurie is gone, replaced by Donaldson. Rookie second baseman. Adam Lind is gone. We've got, uh, uh, that's going to be kind of a, re- a revolving door at first. Uh, Justin Smoke will play there. Karanasian will get a few at bats at first base. Maybe even, um, our backup catcher, Navarro. Um, so it's a very different uh, looking team. Hmm. And, uh, I don't, I, I, and of course we, we haven't mentioned Russell Martin. I was just going to say, yeah. Uh, the, behind the plate. Yeah. Who brings so much to the game? Not, not only his, his game calling and his team leadership and his, his grit. I mean, that guy can just flat out play, uh, can flat out play baseball. Hmm. So I'm, I'm, I really like the make of this team. Yeah, yeah, I had forgotten all about that, but he's a really good addition because uh, you just can't undersell the the intangibles of a good catcher. You know, it's the kind of stuff that's not and the, the thing back was, of a baseball card. No, and the thing was that's not sort of an area of need that they had going into uh, you know the winter after last year. Uh, when you looked up and down the, the team, you thought, well, what do we need? Well, we need some starting pitching. We need some because we lost Casey Jansen in the bullpen. We need a closer. Uh, we need. You know, we need a second baseman. Um, catching was way down on the list, and yet Anthopoulos, you know, he was bound and determined to get Russell Martin. And um turns out, I think he made the right move. I think it'll work out well. I think it'll work out well. That's kind of like I said, I you know, I did the predictions about 9.30 in the morning, and I think the first game of the of opening day was Yankees-Blue uh, Jays. And as I was watching the game, that's when I started to be like, oh, no, I think I undersold these Blue Jays. Uh-oh. So we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, are you ready for the predictions? I am, sir. All right. We start in the American League East. Who you got? You know, it 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 pains me, but I'm going to have to go with the Orioles. All right. I'm in the same camp. Uh, they won like 93 games last year, and then they. I remember when the playoffs started, they were saying, "Well, they lost three of their best players right as the playoffs started." So it's like if, if they can win that many games uh, and 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 not have their three best guys, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be uh, a challenge for a while in the American League East. Yeah, I, um, I, I as I say, it, uh, it's just, we're not quite there yet, so I've got to go with the Orioles in the AL East. Hmm. American League Central. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Indians. All right, nice, nice. Think the window's closed on the Tigers? Or closing fast? Yeah, well, you know what? I think the Tigers could eke out a wild card. In fact, I've got them as one of the wild cards. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Indians in the okay. Central. Yeah, in the uh, American League West, uh, I'm gonna go with the Mariners. Nice. All right. All right. I like that. Yeah. It's a topsy turvy division over there, and they they seem like they're they're trying to put it all together too. So uh, yeah, I think that they're, they're due for for a, for a breakout year. Uh, the wild cards, uh, one and two. We don't, there's no, uh, you don't get any extra for getting them in the right order, so it's just one or two. Okay. <laughs> I'm, 
Well, you know, it's it's funny. I'm going to go with uh, all central. I'm going to go with the Tigers, and I'm going to go with the Sox. Wow, nice. Okay, nice. I've heard a lot of good things about the White Sox. There's another team that that I kind of felt like I was sleeping on this year too. So it's uh, there's always there's like five or six you know teams that are kind of on the bubble. There it makes it really interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. You know, it's tough. But um, I, I'm kind of just going with my gut on that one. I mean, you know, who knows? We could see, we could see the, uh, we could see the Angels in that mix too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I'm just going to go with my gut. There you go. That's the best way to do it here on the baseball special in the prediction realm. Now, in the uh, National League East, who you got? Well, we got to go with the set. We got to go with the Nationals. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the team uh, I'm picking to go all the way. All right. Much like uh, a lot, a lot of people are. They seem to be the favorites. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I think across the board, everyone's picking them uh, to to win the National League East. Certainly, uh, National League Central. Uh, I might turn a few heads on this, but I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. All right, nice. Yeah. And has anyone chosen Pittsburgh yet? I think I did actually. Let me see. Oh, did you? Okay, there you go. We are kindred spirits. Oh no, I got them for the I got them for the wild card, but yeah. You yeah. do? Okay, but all yeah. right. Because I, I think, I love Clint Hurdle. I, as soon as they got Clint Hurdle as the manager of yes. Pittsburgh, I'm like, they're oh, going to turn yeah. this around because yeah, you just tell he's he's got this sort of, uh, I don't know, he's got this sort of general spirit that that carries the team, gets him going. So he's uh, he's got he's got something to him. Uh, National League West, got to go with the Dodgers. All right, that's a powerhouse team. That's another team people kind of like waiting to see if they can put it all together or not. So. Uh, okay, and the National League wild cards. Yeah, the wild cards. Mm. Um, I'm gonna go with Miami. Gonna go with the Marlins. And I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Alright, nice. Alright, so you, you strayed from the pack well enough. I think we'll, uh, we're, we're trying to avoid ties here this year because we've had a bunch of ties in the, in the past few years. So I think I think we'll be I think we'll be good this year. And then in the World Series, who do you have facing off? The American League champions and the National League champions. Uh, I have the. Let's see. Oh, here we go. All right, I'm going to go with the uh, Mariners versus the Nationals. Nice. What do you think of that? That's good. I like that. I like that. And who do you have winning it all? The Nationals? I do. All right. I do. It's, which is, you know, it's sad because uh, the, the, um, uh, the Blue Jays played, uh, their last, uh, um, preseason game in Montreal. And the Expos are so, de- the Montreal fans are so desperate to get a ball team back there. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they came close a couple of years. They had some great talent there. And then now, a few years later, f- for them to see, uh, because Montreal, of course, moved to Washington. Right. For for Montreal fans to see them win it all in Washington, well, no doubt. Uh, you know what? They're they're good people. I'm sure they'll be very happy. Yeah, it must be tough. It's like uh, it's like the basketball team there. They took the team from uh, I think Seattle and moved it to Oklahoma City, and now the Thunder are like an amazing team. And so that's right. Really that's right. And you know, Montreal they had they had ninety thousand uh, for that ball game. Ninety thousand people. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it was kind of a welcome home uh, because Russell Martin, the Jays uh, catcher, is uh, is a Montreal boy, so he got a hero's welcome. Nice, nice. And the uh, the tiebreaker. What's the final score of the All Star game? 
Boy, those are always wild and woolly affairs, aren't they? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 14 to 8 for the American League. Alright. Nice. Okay. That's our tiebreaker. Alright, that wraps up the, uh, the baseball talk. What do you have going on now? This is the plugs. What have you been up to since we talked to you last, uh, last fall and, and what do you have cooking here in 2015? Well, still doing two or three coast to coast AMs uh, a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got two more coming up in April, the 24th and the 25th. Uh, let's see, you've got, of course, my weekly show, um, uh, the conspiracy show on AM 740 in Toronto, and we have about 30 U.S. affiliates. But the big thing is I'm gearing up for a, um, my second live stage event. It's a conference just east of Toronto. It's called Follow the Truth. This one's Follow the Truth 2, and the website's followthetruth.tv. Uh, we've got this beautiful uh, theater out in, in Oshawa. It's called the Regent Theater, which dates back to the vaudeville era, but it's been completely restored. And I've got seven amazing speakers uh, coming to talk about everything from the Zapruder film. I've got a guy who actually smuggled an illegal copy of the Zapruder film into Canada from uh, Texas. It was given to him uh, by uh, Penn Jones, a, re- a noted JFK researcher who got it from Jim Garrison. Mm. Um, so we'll unpack the Zapruder film. We'll talk about the lost and found tribes of Israel. I've got an exact replica of the Shroud of Turin that'll be on the stage, and we'll talk about the evidence that it's the actual oh, wow. burial cloth. I've got a, uh, a remote viewer who's going to be in a deep trance, uh, deep meditative trance on stage, remote viewing. I've got um, an electronic harassment expert, Dr. John Hall. Rosemary Ellen Guiley will be doing a, a, spir- a spirit communication experiment uh, on stage. She's bringing her spirit boxes, and we're betting that the um, the uh, Regent Theater has some ghosts. So hopefully, we'll we'll uh, be able to capture their voices. And uh, wow, what else? UFOs, angels, and gods. We'll talk about that. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. That's uh, let me see here. April twenty sixth, right? April twenty sixth, Sun- Sunday, April twenty yeah, sixth at the Regent Theater in Oshawa. That's right. And again, the website for more information is followthetruth.tv. That sounds outstanding. If I had the time and the money, I would definitely check it out. And the folks who do should, because it sounds awesome. Appreciate it, Tim. All right, Richard. Well, hey, thank you for coming back on the baseball. Well, thank you for coming back on the show, and thank you for uh, making your debut here on the baseball special. Here's to uh, many more years to come, and good luck this season. Okay, my friend, and look forward to working with you next time on Coast. Absolutely. You're listening to Banal of America Audio.